0: Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the Dude79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague and renowned piece of shit, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, mm-hmm. is that not an intro or what?
1: I mean, I'm a piece of shit.
0: I mean, I'm, not, I'm just, I, I figure transparency is the most important thing here. I would agree with that. You know, I, we, everyone should know who we are. Right. You know and, and and you and you embrace it, yeah, I yeah, I am for the fully longest a piece time. Of shit. <laughs> for the longest time, you weren't too sure if you liked that, but at this point, you're just like, you know what, fuck it, I am what I am, right, and I think people appreciate that honesty, yeah that's well, that's what I'm going for. I think you uh, attract a certain audience that we feel is important to the what we do here
1: I don't know, El uh, Blanco's it's... in there, I mean, so clearly <laughs> it works. clearly it did. Definitely work Blanco's here, for Clearly sure. Clearly
0: it works. Brian MX, what's going on? Yeah. Big shout out to our buddy, Seven Dungeons. Thanks for popping in, bringing your community through. Hope everyone's having a great night. The official, unofficial pregame show for the BNB and uh, podcast, man. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, Tone. Yeah. Here we are, man. It's Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a-, drinking a little more than usual tonight. Been kind of a rough uh-huh. weekend. Uh-huh. But you know, uh well first of all, my grandfather, my last living grandparent, sorry to hear that. has passed on. Uh it was it was it's been a difficult progress or process for him. Um he at this point was just, you know, my grandma passed away like 2 years ago, so he'd been going solo, <clears throat> right? And um you know, the quality of life had been diminishing over uh, before before she passed away and you know his his spirit was there he want his body wanted to keep fighting mm-hmm. you know but I, I, having talked to him and been around him I, I i just understood that you know he just he wasn't happy with where he was at right right and so finally uh he, he earned his uh his pass uh he's moved on and um you know i'm just happy that he's in a better place he's not he's not miserable mm-hmm. you know and uh you know 94 years old i mean, I mean that's a life <laughs> it's it's impressive um so You know, it's just been, um, yeah, it was a difficult weekend, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those moments where I got to talk to him a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, and um, it was a good conversation we had before Mm -hmm. things started really deteriorating, so I got that closure, I got a good conversation, I have a good last memory of him, Um, but man, the thing that just keeps, that keeps, like, sticking with me right now is just the fact that, yes, all my grandparents are gone, Mm. You know, that's that's the that's the weirdest thing to think about, because now at this point, up next, parents yeah. and then and then me. You know, it's just it's, it's weird. It's, it's it's just it gives you perspective. of just like, man, how old I am. You know, the grandparents are gone and my mom passed away back in 2010. So I got my dad left, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, obviously my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they're all still in good health. And it's just crazy to think, man, we're we're
1: one. Layer away before it's, yeah. it's
0: my my turn at some point. So,
1: did you know your great grandparents at all? Uh, very uh, vaguely. Okay, so I was fortunate up until early mid '90s to know, oh wow. um, three of my great grandparents. Uh, really, on just one side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, I'm very fortunate for that because I was able to, you know, meet that generation and you know know them well and remember them. Yeah. Well, I remember stuff, mine, but so. I don't
0: remember like any of the conversations. Sure. No, like I said, very sure. vague. And plus, I'm old as fuck, so I, I forget mm-hmm. everything over a uh, you know ten years yeah. now. I don't remember half the people I went to high school with. So, right. um, it's just one of those things, man. Where it's just yeah, you, you sit down and you just think past the fact that you know your grandfather's passed away, and you know I'm just you know I'm glad he's in a better place. But man, when you start thinking about everything, else, it's like all my grandparents are gone, dude. Mm-hmm. That sucks. It's it's wild to think about, and and yeah, you know Blanco says that mortality creeps up on you it's it's stalking you it's there's there's, there's a countdown timer for everybody mm. and uh you just gotta make the most of it you know the best you can with the time he got so um mm. just dealing with that um you know his funerals this weekend so that'll be difficult but I, I just feel like i'm very fortunate to gotten that closure have a good conversation with um you know kind of see him at his best before right before he
1: passed so you don't want to see anybody suffer
0: yeah you really don't yeah. and so I don't um see that it's so humbling watching your parents grow older. It really is. I appreciate that, Xander. appreciate it. Um, so yeah, it's just been you know dealing with that and you know, and just trying to adjust to it, but hey, i'm just I'm just glad we're here. yeah, we got a show to do. um, I'm off tomorrow on Friday, so I'm gonna have a couple more beers than normal tonight, and uh, yeah, we got a good we got a lot of good stuff to talk
1: about. Um, what's going on with you? Um what's going on with me, Let's see. <laughs> Really, not a whole lot. I've been taking it easy on the weekends, mostly, or trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, the really the biggest thing that came out today was I lost power for about an hour and a half, two hours. Good times. That creates a you know mental breakdown of not having internet. See, the power I can handle with. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I feel like I'm on. You know, uh, what is it, uh, the house on the prairie or something like? It was getting dark, and I'm like, or you know, I'm like, well, I better get the cows fed or something, right? But it's the loss of internet that really affects me the most. Like, yeah, i got my phone, and yeah. I can get on with data and things like that. But like, just not having that speedy internet, or not even turning on, like you know, the Xbox or something to watch in a show or something. So. That that's the only part that I have an issue with is uh you know no internet I can handle all other shit but somehow they coincide right so um, it is uh it is what it is but other than that that you know same old same old Power's back on. Everything's back to normal. Power's back on. I was more worried about the sump pump than anything, and it was fine. I'm telling you, man, it's
0: it's been rainy as fuck here. We've got a ton of rain. You know, anytime you lose that sump pump, the power goes out. You just start. Read a book tone. I can't even spell it. Yeah, read a
1: fucking book, dude. You know, so I used to be a humongous book reader up until about a decade or so ago, I think, is when I kind of stopped. Uh, Because, you know, really the rise of, like, the 360 PS3 generation even Or, like, you know, let's say circa 2008 to 2010, I really put the the foot on the uh, uh, game, the gaming gas pedal. Like, I just went balls to the wall that and then kind of dialed it back. And then PS4 came on, I went balls to the wall again. So, I probably should read books more, I I really should, but I also read a lot on the internet. I read, I actually believe this or not, I'm one of the few people that still read the news. Um, and I don't watch the news because I hate sensationalized news. I hate how news has been as cable news or whatever has turned into like. All this drama, and I don't want I don't care about somebody who sits at home and gives me their thought process on world news, so I still read my news but um so I read a lot constantly just not books but uh. I always thought you just read the porn uh, the description uh, for
0: the videos on Pornhub. that's all you would read the descriptions, the genre who's starring, and I figured that was the extent of your reading or maybe you read some hustler for the for the for the for the funnies.
1: Yeah. Um. No, but no. I will say, like, because of phones, I I really have forgotten over time. Oh yeah. You know what? Like, what are the actual chemical things that go in shampoo and like tampons? <laughs> so because now with phones, I don't need to just find something looking around for something to read. Right? No, no you're not so, wrong. You're not wrong. I do get game Informer still paper, but you know I forgot they still
0: have paper version. I just go to the website. I, like you said, man, everything's just I get all my stuff on the web
1: because everything is true on the web. Right. Well, I you know. Not to get on that for oh a hot there second. We uh, well, it's on my GameStop, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. True. I do like Game Informer's like previews. Mm-hmm. I don't ever always agree with like the reviews. It's just like anything else. Like it's I do like some of the the, the personalities of that. But I do like, like some of the people they're, that work there. They're like they're not, like when they write out like here's this game coming or we did this this interview. They're always really good. Like I liked Andy McNamara. He was there for a long time. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. You know, some yeah, of those Andy, guys yep. there. So. Um, but I could probably reach back and grab that, but I'm not clearly gonna do that. Not, I always do like
0: when they have like their read. cover story, whatever their game they're covering yeah. for the month. They do some really good extensive yeah. coverage on it. Yeah. So, so they, they always do
1: still come paper for some reason, but
0: there it uh, is. It's usually isn't is a part of your GameStop, like uh the Pro Pass. I think you get a like a uh, game informer with that. <sighs> yeah. See, that's cool, man. You still got your pro pass going? Is that how you get yours? Yeah. Wow, there he is. He's still he still loves it. He still loves GameStop. No. It's part of who you are, man, to the yeah, core. No, I'm good. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about briefly? Oh, did you watch the Oscars? What happened?
1: The Oscars of this week? <laughs> <laughs> that's typically that's no, that's typically the response is wait, the Oscars <laughs> were this week, <laughs> right? Right. Usually, I watch like I look for like the after, like okay, who won, who won? Okay, cool, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, yeah. is Ricky Gervais hosting him? Because I always I like Ricky, dude. The, his Golden Globes coverage, is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah I, dude, especially his last one.
0: He's like, shut up, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I, I don't say, care. Shut up, I don't care. I don't care. care. Dude, don't dude his, his that good. was incredible. Yeah, he was yeah. amazing, but mm-hmm. um. You know, look, we won't get hung up on it. It's been it's been beaten and run into the ground. But the um, memes, that's the, the important of the memes have been incredible. Uh, mm, the of. internet has come through once again with mm. the memes, mm. uh, and uh, it's just been, um, dude. I, I tell you, man, watching that live, and I was just like, dude, I'm so. Go- you know what? I'm glad though. I'm glad the people in Australia and China aren't a bunch of sissies. They don't have to fucking uh, censor stuff. Mm -hmm. You get that full raw footage and audio, which made it even better. Because like obviously you could read Will Smith's lips when he was (laughs) talking back to Chris. I was like, hear him. I could see what he was saying. But then when you watch the Australia and the China feed, you're like, oh yeah, it just it it hits different when you can actually hear the anger in his voice. Different.
1: I see what you did there. Wow. It it, it
0: slaps. It really (laughs) slaps. (laughs) You know.
1: The Oscar, yeah, the Oscars hit different uh, this hit year. They hit a
0: lot different, dude. Right, they hit a right. lot different.
1: It was um
0: I don't know, man. Like uh, it's you know, at first, at first, I did not know I'll be the first to admit, I did not know about Jade struggle was it alopecia. Yes. I didn't know she had that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought there was something else going on. I don't know if she was I thought she was doing a role for a movie where you know, because they all gotta do something different with their hair once in a while for a movie, they gotta do something drastic. And so when um Chris Rock said that, at first I was like, oh it's it's whatever. And then when it all happened, at first I was just like, "Dude, you can't do that!" I'm like, "Come on, he's, put, he's making fun of a, you know, her haircut." Maybe. But at the time, I didn't know the context of mm-hmm. it. And so you and Luke and I are talking, like, "What the fuck just happened?" And so finally, I get on social media where everyone tells the truth, and I find okay. out about what's going on with Jada pickett Smith. And I was just like, "Okay," it adds a lot more context to it, like. I get the defending your wife's honor. You gotta, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. you know I can't sit there and criticize somebody who is. I, it's different for a lot of people because first of all, if I'm at the bar and somebody cracks a joke about my wife, I might be like, okay, dude, what the fuck? That that was wrong. I would try to be as amicable about it as I could. I try to be very mature about it and say, hey, look, you need to apologize. To that. That's some bullshit. That's some lame ass shit. Don't do it again. But that's in a bar setting and something like that. When you're sitting at an event like this, even if you're a, an actor, this is what you do. You're used to this. There is so much pressure on you. That's why, like a lot of these pro players, you watch in pro sports. There are some players that can't handle it, and they don't know how to handle these situations. John McEnroe. John, but he handled it with like the cool, the best type of grace. Um, <laughs> But it was just like, you know, it's, 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 I can't speak to what he was feeling in that moment with so many eyes on him and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And whether or not he acted appropriately, I would say no, just because it's never good to resort to violence. But at the same time, it's just like, <laughs> dude, Cuddles, that was one of the best memes I'd seen. He says, Will Smith can't take a joke, but let a, do- a dude raw dog his lady for however long. Like I said, there is a lot of different perspectives on this, and I don't think any of them are particularly wrong. I will never fault a guy for defending his wife, you know, but you can question the manner and what they do it, in which they do it. Um, but I do feel like it does open up some issues going forward, especially on the comedian side of the house. When you are a public figure and you are sitting front row, even if you're not a public figure and you go to a comedy show, mm-hmm. if you're sitting in the front row, you better have thick skin. Because when a comedian goes down the line, or if they're using somebody, they're going to target somebody in the front row. And you can't, and now you've set a precedent. I'm not saying everyone's going to do this. I mean, if you go to like the, you know, to like a a comedy show and some random guy runs up the stage, someone's going to take them down security well, Mm -hmm. but it's different at the Oscars because you don't expect Will Smith to go up there and fucking bitch slap Chris Rock. So it's just, it is, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um. He handled it poorly, and whether or not Chris Rock knew about Jada, I I have to believe he did. I mean, you're kind of in the know when you're in that industry, and you know, but maybe not. At the same time, his joke was not a part of the script the night before when they did the rehearsal. That joke was not in there, so he did ad lib that after you know they'd gotten approval from the Academy for his show and for the bits he's going to do. So he took a
1: chance. Yeah, I actually think that he may have not remember to realize that she had alopecia sure i think he just saw that she was bald and maybe was doing it for whatever he's like ah gi jane and then it was kind of because if you look how he did t- it was kind of fluid but listen i know we don't want to sit and talk about this internet has done plenty about it. The the thing i want to say about it is uh i just think that no matter how it is right wrong or indifferent will smith has a lot of eyes on him and a lot of people that do look up to him yep and at the end of the day you're at an awards ceremony and you literally just went up and smacked a, a, a comedian on the face yeah, that's not, that way. is not there is no justifying the way to handle that situation. That's the bottom line for me now that that's that's how I feel about it. I know that not everybody necessarily agrees with that, but like I look at it from the sense of the comedians that do stand up in the press. They've already had to deal with a lot of different things, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, being politically correct at times or, you know, um, having to navigate certain jokes to make sure that they're not, you know, upsetting or offending people. So mm-hmm. it's already a landmine as it is. Sure. And now we've set, like you said, potentially new precedents where uh, somebody could go up and just smack somebody that don't agree with their joke. It's not really the best spot we should be in. That said as well, uh, the news, the couple things I do want to say, though, that I noticed is that uh, Will Smith said, made a joke about somebody with alopecia on the Arsenio Hall show 30-some years ago. Yeah. And then somebody said, well, we can't hold people to something they said then to, mm-hmm. versus now, to which I'd say, normally I would agree. Irony However, yeah. it's the same fucking joke that he that was made 30 years later, roughly, about the same thing. So it's a little bit different. Right. And he did laugh prior to realizing that his wife was upset. The last thing I'll say is that the Academy has said they are actually investigating, which is also ironic because they can see it on tape. Yep. Um. And he has 15 days to come up with some form of defense because on the 18th, they're going to convene and um, talk about the situation. So does that mean that he could lose his award or be banned from the uh, Academy? Right. Yeah. I think he's a Scientologist, so you tell me. I do like what
0: um, uh, Brian said down here uh, about Chris Rock. I thought this, and that's the first thing I mentioned to you in, in Prime when we were in the chat. He said, uh, uh, shout out to Chris Rock for um, you know, taking, that, uh, taking a shot like a champ. I mean, he got slapped right there, and he, he took it. Mm-hmm. He took it. But the more impressive thing is, man, again, you're on stage right. in front of a bunch of your peers, in front of millions upon millions of people watching on TV. And Will Smith comes up and unexpectedly slaps you across the face. And you can still gather yourself and close out the segment. I'm not condoning this joke. And, you know, and I do agree also with um, what uh, Xander said down there. He goes, I hope this doesn't justify other people going on and slap comedians because that should never be the case. But, man, to sit there and keep your composure, again, under a high-pressure situation, that's impressive. That was impressive. Josie
1: the rock was in front of millions and I mean millions (laughs) that's funny um and people were doing things where they 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 took out Chris Rock and put the rock up there which I thought was kind of funny as well too yeah Yeah, Jim Carrey did uh um come out and he made a statement about it today now listen Jim Carrey's been through a lot as well too in his personal life been through a lot of mental uh lows as well too but he's Mm -hmm. also come out and been um, somebody who really speaks a lot of like the integrity of certain. Right. Things, yeah. And what well, I thought he had to say was really, really well spoken as well too. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, came out with a very, like, his a was so far, was really... the, his was so far the best because it was uh, unshockingly, of course, you know, cap, the, uh, the man, as I like to call him, yeah. uh, come out with something that was very intellectually well thought out. And that's mm-hmm. what I would expect. Nothing less than from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I felt what he said was really, really good because he looked at, everything with a microscope and address everything and kind of put it all on the table when i read that i was like oh wow he looked at that and the on the bigger scope of that and i thought that was pretty great
0: you've got i mean obviously outside of like the memes yes uh yeah the memes and gifts have been incredible there's also been a lot of good perspective from a lot of different people uh, from a lot of different diverse backgrounds and Mm -hmm. it's been really interesting to see how this plays out so we'll see what the academy does um, and it's it's unfortunate because I I haven't seen King Richard, but it sounds like he fucking crushes it. It sounds like he's incredible in that movie. And there were a lot of people that won awards that night that were incredible in the roles and the movies that they made. And unfortunately, it's going to be completely overshadowed by this one incident. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's selfish. And so I again I feel it's a slippery slope. I think there's a lot of ways you could discuss mm-hmm. this and dissect it. We won't do it tonight. Um, but it's it's been a wild week in terms of watching
1: this thing well, unfold. We certainly had to bring it up because it's. I mean, like I said, the TikToks, the memes, the gifts everything has been uh, all about this for the last few days. So. And sh- kudos to Chris Rock for not pressing charges because,
0: not because, oh, that's a, a classy move. No, there's a reason for that. If he presses charges, that's it. It's over. He can't do anything with it. He's got a comedy tour coming up this summer by not pressing charges he leaves it open where he's like okay I can have some fun with this shit on camera con- and he is going to fucking roast it. he presses charges it's over dude you can't you can't go on stage and start making fun of the person that you press charges on. You leave those charges off the table and don't press them. Fair fucking game. His show is selling out like fucking crazy right now. His tickets were selling out like in yeah, rows.
1: He's writing a stand up as Oh hell see. yeah,
0: dude. He's going to. There's absolute that's absolutely the reason he did not press charges because he's going to fucking mm-hmm. utilize this on his tour. It's gonna be wild, mm-hmm. dude. I'm mm-hmm. I hope to god they do like a an airing of it because I wanna see what man's gonna have to say. He's going to have fun with this shit. He's going to have fun with this shit for sure. Uh, and the last, um, the last bit of uh, entertainment news we want to talk about a little bit, uh, Bruce Willis. We mm-hmm. saw today uh, that Bruce Willis, I think he's, what is it, 63? Sounds about right. Or something like that, is retiring from acting due to um, being diagnosed with, I believe it was uh, Alacia. I think it's Alacia. Like only 2 million people. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is a disease that can make it very difficult to, um, ha- you know, you kind of lose control of your cognitive skills, both listening and speaking. Um, look, you know, a- aphasia. Thank you so much, Crash. Appreciate it. aphasia. Um, and it's it's caused by things of like, you know, you can have like a brain disorder, or you can have brain damage or something like that. So something clearly happened to Bruce where this is happening. And you know, look, I will just say this right now: we've had our fun with Bruce. We've had uh, we've made some comments. We've made some fun of his recent choices in films. But, um, at the end of the day, dude, from the mid eighties to about 2012, this was our guy, you know, it's one of our guy As one of the guys you go, you would go see a Bruce Willis movie at the theater. You're going to see Fifth Element. You're going to see Die Hard. You're going to see Sixth Sense because Bruce Willis is in that movie. And so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I, I didn't love this guy. He was incredible. He was an, he's an incredible actor. He, he, he made some awesome movies, iconic roles and iconic movies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we sat there and, 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 and had some fun with his, his, his antics over the last couple years. And some of the stuff he's done off, outside sure. of movies have been questionable. But um, the guy is will always be one of my favorite actors growing up and of all time. But, uh, you know, so seriously, shout out uh, to him, you know, sending him the best of luck, you know, the best, the best vibes. Because this is something that can be treated. And there are a lot of cases where people make, uh, you know, really good recoveries, but sometimes it it might just not be to the point where they want to be. And sure, it's just uh, it's just the the shitty part of the situation. So you know, Godspeed, Bruce. Uh, we we love you, and we appreciate everything that you've done over your career. You've made some awesome movies. It's always going to be somebody I'll, I'll remember when I get older and tell my kids they watch Die Hard every Christmas. So, I mean, they are very familiar with Bruce Willis. Right. And uh, it's just really unfortunate that this is um, this happened because I was kind of hoping, dude, that he would have that Nick Nick Cage type of redemption arc with his career. You know, he's gone, you know, 10 years now, which is making a lot of straight-to-DVD stuff, making good money in the process. But I was kind of hoping he would get that redemption arc, right. you know, a, a kind of a late career resurgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at this point in time, unless, you know, he has some kind of like big-time recovery and bounces back from it. That doesn't appear to be in the cards, right.
1: Yeah, and that still doesn't excuse uh, Cosmic Sin for being a pile of trash. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, yeah, Bruce. I mean, we'll let a lot of things slide, man. But Cosmic even Sin... with him not involved, that movie is a hot steaming pile of shit. You can bet on that. Mark it on a gravestone. Write it down. I don't give a fuck. Cosmic sin <laughs> is a pile of hot fucking trash. In and, the I, end. and I have to believe he knows that. I have to believe. I it don't Doesn't think- matter if he does or doesn't. <laughs> I'm gonna fact- guess
0: he might not. He signed off on it. Damn it. That means hey. uh, you're 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 complicit. So whatever. Get a check. Uh, no, we we wish him the best. Hopefully he makes some kind of a, you know a, a good recovery, and maybe one day we'll be able to see him back yeah. on the big screen. M- you know, Marvel's a medic- medicine and. Somebody can get it, you know, find a a cure for it. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, tone, Mm, yes. Speaking of cures, this is curing my ales. What are we drinking tonight, bro? Sweet baby
1: swirl from Declaw Brewing Company. Here we got a half-ass beer out there. We got another Declaw here. Believe it or not, um, chocolate peanut butter white stout. Now I've been really into like the blondes and the white stouts. Um, this is good. It's nice, roasty. Um, honestly, like I'm not blown away for by it. It's not a Great beer but this is a really good beer something i would buy again because again i, I love that that just that light roastiness that comes with these you know lighter oh, so stouts good. and stuff like that so um, i'm pleasantly surprised i do want more peanut butter flavor out of it but you know we're gonna take what we got because uh i'm a little surprised by this ducla has been for us that uh track our beers like 7D uh, a week later after he drinks some and half ass does it you know for his show but uh this is a brewing company that's been really 50 50 for us yeah it's usually hit or miss it's very hit or miss this is one of and, the high end a... yeah i'm i'm proving
0: so yeah this is the, this is one on the better end of the spectrum yeah, so yeah. really really so... tasty i love the peanut butter you got a, a yeah. strong peanut butter flavor but again it's like you said it's not very heavy mm-hmm. it's just very tasty so this, this yep. would be a good one sitting outside in front of a bonfire having have a nice beer like this maybe even have a s'more with it yeah it's um i have a s'more they're definitely pretty not. potty they're very potty <laughs> I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use your correction. He said it. They're pretty They're potty. They're pretty potty. <laughs> Take that, claw. Your stuff tastes like piss. Oh, this one's good. This is a good one. So, all right, Tone. Yep. We've got uh, some really good topics tonight. The first of which uh, was apparently the big gaming news this week. I mean, uh, multiple personalities were like, hey, man, there's some big PlayStation stuff happening this week. And you and I are like, oh, shit, these guys won't lead us astray. And some of the
1: MS uh, Paint done, uh, uh- Pictures early on, too, that people were trying to kick around <laughs> were really entertaining, yeah, too. Yeah, there was some like, really, oh, really, yeah, that's really. the best you could come up with? Jesus, what is that, like 2008 marketing, you dummy?
0: Yeah, it was kind of mad. But the first thing we're going to talk about, we had heard rumors of it. Mm. We knew Sony was working on, uh, I don't want to say a response to Xbox Game Pass, mm. uh, but they were trying to find a way to basically get more value out of PlayStation Plus by utilizing PlayStation Now. Uh, we've known now for for, for a couple years now, PlayStation Now, of at at course, PlayStation Now was just the result of Sony going out and buying Gaikai for you know streaming gaming. And when it first came out, I tried it out. I was like, this is just not ideal. You know, mm-hmm. At the time, when it first came out, I was like, eh, this is kind of trash. Uh, it's been improved upon over the years. Uh, I feel like Google Stadia set that precedence. Like, oh, man, this this is actually a viable way to play video games, yeah. even though Stadia fucked everything up, or Google screwed that whole thing up. We, we've seen that. Streaming uh, on the internet and playing games is a is, is a viable thing. Yeah, uh, we know XCloud works really really well. And, and the last time I played PlayStation Now, it actually was serviceable, working pretty good. I was like, okay, this is this works. I still don't want to play like first person shooters or any frantic gameplay on on a stream. I just I, I'd rather play that natively on my system. But like for single player stuff, for uh, story driven stuff, adventure games, third person whatnot, it's it's a pretty reliable way to play games. So I'm cool with that. So, Sony came out to, uh, uh, yesterday and said, hey, look, here's what we're coming up with. Uh, they announced the new PlayStation Plus. It's not going to be uh, what is it? Project Spartacus, which everyone thought it was going to be called. That was the nickname, right. whatever, behind the scenes. Uh, but this is the new PlayStation Plus. It will actually begin in June. doesn't start just right away. And uh, here's some of the details that we do have right now. Uh, first up, there is the Essential tier. It's broken down to three tiers. First up is Essential which is $9.99 monthly uh, or fifty nine ninety nine dollars yearly. This is basically what you have now. If you have PlayStation Plus, this is what you have now. Uh, PlayStation Plus benefits, free monthly games going from four to two, which is interesting because normally we get like three or four titles. Now it's dropping down to two. They were two. throwing a lot of VR games in there too. If yes, you like. they were. There was a lot of VR games in there. Um, online multiplayer and obviously the, the usual PlayStation Store discounts. So this is essentially what you have now. Right. Then we have Tier 2. Extra, which is $14.99 a month or a hundred dollars for a year. This is everything that was an essential, but this now gives you four hundred downloadable games in the PlayStation Now catalog. Four hundred games that are downloadable. Some of them, are obviously, a lot of them are much older. These are PS4, PS5 games. So now, this is what this is the one that I'm leaning towards, just because sure. we'll t- and we'll talk about why that is. Because I think you and I are on the same page as to you know why we're not quite ready to jump into the premium side of things. But uh, I've, the one thing I love about Game Pass is there's a lot of great games in there that I can play. And with 400 games in their, in their catalog for PlayStation Now that I can be able to download to my system and not stream, there's probably a lot of good stuff there that I must have missed. So I'm cool with signing up for that. Sure. So that, that's appealing to me. Now we go to premium, which is $17.99 a month or $120 per year. You get everything in the previous years, but now here's where it gets interesting. Downloadable classic games, PS1, PS2, PSP. These are games that you can download from PlayStation Now or whatever and play them on your PS5 or PS4. Interesting, though, these are all backwards compatible games, and my understanding is you can't play these games unless you pay for this. Now, I don't know how it works if you previously owned some of the PS1, PS2 games that you could purchase on the PS4. I know there was a section of games that you could buy. I'm assuming you still own those, but if you have discs of these games, they're not going to be readable on your system.
1: So they're not doing an update to make it so that it will read the system. Right. They're not
0: going to be able to play the disc. It's
1: mm. all downloaded. So a little sus. But it's okay. a little
0: sus. And uh, that but to me and I feel like this is a point that you want to make too. Dude, if I didn't have kids and I didn't work, I might I might and I I I'm using that loose. I might check out some older titles but I am not a fucking retro gamer. I, I remember these games fondly, and every time I go back and look at some of these games, I'm like, oh, this fucking plays like try, shit. Yeah,
1: play, try playing Tekken 2 on a 75-inch.
0: Yeah, dude. It, it's like, look, I get the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. I know there's people there who do love it, and awesome. This is a choice. This gives you an option. Right. That doesn't do anything for me, so this value, the premium, does not have any value for me yet. PS3 games are available, but only via streaming because obviously the PS3 was such an exotic piece with the cell processor and yeah. all that shit. Uh, it's not able to work on PS5, even though there's a lot of reports out there saying that Sony could invest and to get it working, it would cost you know a, a bunch of money. But I think they even know, they look at the fucking numbers. Dude, backwards compatibility is one of those things where everyone's like, oh, I fucking want it. I want backwards compatibility. But then they all look at the numbers and they're like, no. No, uh, th- 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 nobody's playing these games. Mm-hmm. Nobody's playing these games, and it's like okay, I, I, I again, I'm all about options, and I think that's good. You can play these games streaming, it's whatever. But I understand why Sony is not investing in this feature to have it working natively on the PS5, and we'll address more of what why that is when we talk about what Jim Ryan had to say. And then lastly, you get um, you get obviously PS1 with the premium. You this is where streaming comes into play more. Uh PS1, PS2, PSP, PS4 games. So now you can stream them uh on your PC or on your system. Which for guys like Trick already is really exciting. Is Trick loves doing his streaming. He mm-hmm. loves streaming on his, his iPad or on his 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 tablets yep, and whatnot. Yep, yep, This will allow him to play those games via streaming. It's a cool so option for it's sure. A, it's a cool option. And then the other cool thing I do like about the premium is try before you buy game trials. We don't know the extent of this yet there's a lot of details we don't know from playstation yet or from sony regarding some of these games we need to know about games we know jim ryan said that all major publishers are on board for this so what remains to be seen what games they're including does that include bethesda does that include activision games from the past how is that going to work so maybe not
1: every publisher so you know probably first party games at least um, well, I would yes, imagine. I
0: know there are going to be some on there. I think they mentioned like God of War is going to be on there. So, some of the stuff that is relatively uh, kind of newish, those games be on there, uh, you know, like PS5 games, PS4 games, that stuff will be on there. But we do know right now there are no day and date first party games. Mm-hmm. And that has been, for whatever reason, shocking to many people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been made very clear. Leading up into this, up to this point, by insiders and other industry people who have inside information about what this was going to be, day and date is not a thing for PlayStation, and and, and Jim Ryan actually addressed this uh, in a post, and I think this is an interesting com- uh, uh, comment here that he makes, and we'll kind of break it down. But here's what Jim Ryan had to say: We feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, where the investment delivers success which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think our gamers like that cycle. Putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon the release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel we were to do, if we were to do that uh, with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle would be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers would want.
1: They don't got that Xbox money.
0: End quote. Basically, what he's saying here, Tone, is like, look, we could put this stuff into our service. But it's not going to make the money back necessary to continue to make quality products. And everyone's like, "Wow, well, Microsoft can do it. Sony makes billions of dollars. Sony doesn't have the pockets that Microsoft has. They don't have the money that Microsoft's have. Now, if that makes somebody else feel good about investing in one platform or the other, cool, man. I'm glad. That's great. But the reality is Sony doesn't have the money that Microsoft does. They can't take those chances. Microsoft... Like look, I get a Game Pass is a fucking steal. We all know that. We all know that. But the verdict isn't out yet just how profitable this is for Microsoft. How beneficial this is if they're really making out with this. Because we just found out the other day and I don't know how if it's confirmed but there was a, an analyst that said Microsoft might have paid 5 to 10 million dollars to get Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy on Game Pass. 5 to 10 million dollars. This is a game that came out six or seven months ago. Right. Five to $10 million just to get it on there. And this is when the game is like $29.99. Imagine Sony going out and making, uh, or any of their studios, Naughty Dog, making a game that costs $150, $200 million. And then you push it into your your subscription service. That's got to cover everything else that comes through. All the other first-party games. All the other third-party deals they make. They're not going to make that money back. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, and that, in Sony's instance, Microsoft, it's not a fucking issue. If Microsoft puts out a shit game and it bombs, Microsoft's like, oh, well, well, we'll try again. We got all sorts of money. Sony's not in that position. Right. And so Sony's like, look, we know that we'll make a quality game and our fans will buy them. Mm-hmm. The people on our platform will buy them. I understand that logic. And if I want to have them keep making great games, I'm going to keep investing in it by buying those games. Right. Whether or not I buy it on sale or new, I don't care. I'm going to buy the game at some point to play it, and if that means I'm going to see some returns and quality titles down the road, I'm all right with that. Would I? Dude, don't get me wrong. I would love, I would love to get these games, these games day and date. I would love it. Wow, this is the first time watching on PC rather than my phone. This is way better. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, tone. From your perspective, and somebody that's worked in the retail space, I mean, you know how quickly these games go on sale in in retail and Mm -hmm. how quickly they can go into the bargain bin where they're not making any money. So I understand, like, we're something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which Square said didn't sell like we thought it would. Mm -hmm. We know it didn't pull in the money that they wanted it to.
1: So they took this this offer from Microsoft to kind of make make up for it. Right. I think inherently, like, I, I know, I mean, even some of the talks today I've had of people, like, unfortunately we got to remember that there is going to be comparisons between the two cuz there's similarities right this is it's a, it's, a, it's a game service you're paying for monthly or whatever etc um it, but we also got to remember that there is these are two entirely different companies that handle their software and their hardware completely different mm-hmm. uh you know sony again is looking to put out huge first-party blockbuster titles that are not cheap to make right that aren't cheap to make that tell these crazy stories and like for me as a gamer i play my a lot of single-player games more than probably a lot of people um because i want those storytelling experiences and i want to continue to see god of wars and horizons if they put it on a service like this they're not going to make that revenue like like you said listen the reality is is they don't have that xbox money they just don't. And maybe it'd like, be different. It'd be different if they had a hundred million, hundred fifty million PS fives out there. Sure. Then, then you could probably start having that conversation. But we're not at that point. We're yet. not. We're not even at that point yet. So, you know, it's just it. it, it listen, the, the the two entirely different ecosystems that are that are that are are going on here. Xbox has always leaned. A lot harder in the at least since 360 into like third-party titles sure and their third-party partnerships and then picking up people like Bethesda and Activision where Sony's just mostly leaned into a lot of their main flagship titles there's some similarities there I think with Nintendo I've even heard that recently and that's fine too but at the end of the day for me personally and I think for some of us is that like you said I don't give two shits Ninety percent of the time, about backwards compatibility. I think what it is, it's it's people's heads playing it's value. tricks. It's, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's they're they're in value. What it is for the people who are into it, it right. is value. So, yeah, it is. Like people have, I know people that have Game Pass that you know honestly like want a game on a budget and have great options. That's fucking awesome, and that's Game Pass is awesome. You know that's a great option for anybody to have. That it's not a value for me. I pay for it, and I literally don't ever use any of those fucking games. Right. I barely do and like again because i'm i'll play games so slow compared to everybody else or mm-hmm. whatever it might look like and the ones i'm usually playing are typically big double to triple a blockbuster titles right you know and and, and so for me like a service like this it's good for those that want it because there are some people that don't play games on on day one that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. you play those save some money have an awesome option of games to play mm-hmm. and enjoy yourself but you know at the end of the day I'm not gonna fucking touch that shit. I don't even know if I'll hit the mid tier. I might. I'm, you know, I might check it out, but I don't know how fast. I'm really worried about it. Like I don't. I'm not gonna utilize that stuff. Um. Yeah. Game. Yeah. The indie games are. A and big I like thing what Blanco too, said that, there.
0: You know, he said the indie games are on Game Pass rise. And that's to say, you know, that's not to say we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know what games Sony will have at launch. We know what's in their catalog now on PlayStation now, but they are working with all the third party publishers and indie developers. So. When this when this when this service launches, that doesn't mean that there won't be third party titles, some of those double double A titles or indie titles that might not that might find their way into mm-hmm. the PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So, if if Sony is able to bring their catalog of games outside of their first party stuff to be on the same level as Xbox Game Pass, there is value there, right? Right. Because there's right. gonna be some indie titles that are gonna be fucking yeah. awesome and- games that you might miss, like Tunic over on Xbox. Tunic is a fucking awesome right. game. And it's right there on Game Pass.
1: Indie Indie games were one of the first things that I even said that I was most concerned about with a streaming service like this. And Alice, I do want to direct that real quick though, because the PS5, if I remember correctly, there's a council, is actually outpaced PS4, I think, on some of their sales. We can't hold that to Sony. That has nothing to do with Sony. They can make them as fast as they want. If a scalper gets hold of them, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. That that and even the retailers struggle with that. And I can tell you because I dealt with that. So it's not a lot. It sucks, don't get me wrong, but they've done a really good job to the best of their ability. I'm talking about Sony particularly, this generation be able to get councils out because not only can they make them in China, but they can also make some in Japan as well, too. They're doing the best they can, but they can't control shipping lanes. They can't control scalpers. That has, that's out of their hands. It, it sucks, but it's just the reality of that for sure. But, you know, the the the, the at the end of the day for me, like I knew this was probably going to happen eventually. And, again, it's good for those that want to. And I know that um, some people – like to play those old games or want retro games. But I'll tell you what, the first time you turn on a PS one game and watch <laughs> it on a 60 some inch TV, you're going to think twice about it. And that's just the way I look at it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some great PS two games, some other stuff like that. Honestly, the first game I instantly thought of me and my friend Matt of since I've known since high school or elementary, we want to play jet moto. That's all we've ever wanted jet is moto. jet moto yeah, to yeah, come yeah. back, dude. You know? So we were kind of joking their night jet moto going to have multiplayer online. Finally, probably not, but you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like, Sony does not need to even do this streaming service. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why. It comes back to their titles again. Mm-hmm. They put out a Spider-Man, they put out a God of War, they put out a Horizon, they make their fucking investment back. Yeah, these they movies don't games need to they sell
0: that. 10 million, 15, 20 right. million copies of these games at 70
1: right. bucks, They're making the money back that they put into this game. Right. They they don't need to do this service. And and I know everybody wants the backwards compatibility or likes the thought of it or wants to play these old games. That's fine if you do, but like Again, here's, here, here's where I feel this – is, this is why I, I, my stance on it is so hardline when it comes to backwards compatibility and playing those old games. When you focus – look at what happened with the PS3. This is part of the reason the PS3 had a struggle against the 360. When you still talk about your last-gen system for 10 years and still focus on that old stuff, mm-hmm. that makes it so that the consumer also does the same, that makes it so they're not spending money on your new product or your new software – that means that you can't reinvest that money properly and continue to move forward. I'm a person that says when a new system comes out, you got to rip the fucking bandaid off. Don't look backwards. Look forward because it stifles the entire industry, hardware and software. Now, I don't remember putting a Nintendo game in my SNES. Does anybody else remember that? <laughs> that standard didn't happen to the fucking PS2 because even the GameCube wasn't doing that shit. So at the end of the day... We got treated by that for PS2, from Sony doing that, and that made it so everybody going forward wanted that backwards compatibility. You know what? Plug in your PS1, play your fucking Twisted Metal, and leave me alone about it. Because at the end of the day, my biggest concern is always, how is that affecting the industry forward? And that's what happened to the PS3. Now, the 360 lets you play the Xbox games, but you still had to have the internet. You still had to have the discs. It mm-hmm. was a whole kit and caboodle for the first few years of that as well, too. It's a slipperier sl- slope than most people realize. There is work to do involved in that. So, you know, I, again, for me, it's not a value, and I want to see the industry continue to move forward and thrive. And when we start doing this too much, we lose sight of what's going forward with technology. And, mm-hmm. and at, like I said, at the end of the day, Everybody's gonna play and do what they want. Sony doesn't need to do this because they're gonna sell out their fucking games regardless. Mm-hmm. And you know, he mentions that too. And I, and I do want to make this point. And,
0: and again, this is a very isolated point, but I feel like it it has some value here. When he when he talks about these studios, he's like, Look, we feel that if we were to do this with the games, they would make the PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle would be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. Meaning they wouldn't have the funds. Now, look, if you want to it, it, if you want to sit there and say, well, they make plenty of money. They should be able to put their first-party titles in there. I'm going to go ahead and point out I'm going to look at Halo for a moment. Halo Infinite. That is one of the big selling points of Game Pass before it came out. That, was a bi- that is the pole Xbox franchise. And that thing has been a dud. An absolute disaster. So, you take that and you're like, okay, look, man. Uh, this was our big selling point for Game Pass. It's included in there. But it's really kind of a shit show. It's got a boring open world. The multiplayer, even though we're supposed to get details to on season two, has been a disaster. We're about 34 days out. Nobody's fucking playing it. you know. And I'm not saying like, the Steam analytics or, or the, the be-all, end-all of information. But for the most part, nobody's playing this game uh, because they haven't addressed a lot of the issues. The marketplace sucks. There's not a whole lot of content in there. Is this indicative of what we can expect from Game Pass first-party titles? I'm not saying that Starfield's going to come out and be a dud. These are games that have been in development for a long time. So I expect Starfield and Hellblade 2 to be really, really good games that will show the value. But this is fucking Halo. It's Halo. And it's a fucking dumpster fire right now. That's not a good look for the value of Game Pass when your first party title is shit right now. Where if you look at PlayStation, Gran Turismo 7 has had its issues, no doubt about it. But Horizon Forbidden West... All these other titles that have come out and the ones that are upcoming, you better believe those are going to be quality titles. Now, if they're trash, then hey, they're trash. But right now, they have a track record that suggests otherwise, and I'm more than happy to keep investing in that to make sure I keep getting those games as opposed to possibly going down a route that's not going to work out. Returnal was another game that was amazing. And that game has gotten more content added to it than fucking Halo Infinite. It's got co-op. It's got a whole new uh, tower to go through and that's not a part of a game pass thing. That's not a part that's not day and date. <laughs> Why does the dude keep mispronouncing Star Fox? Like look, <laughs> I, again, it's a very isolated thing. It's a very isolated thing with Halo. But I think it's an interesting point because that is one of their benefits of Game Pass is day and date. That nobody's fucking talking or playing that. Talking about that or playing that game, dude. It's really that simple.
1: Eternal God campaign go up for you, Yeah, I mean,
0: and and, and that's not to say 343 won't turn things around. I mean, this is a 10-year game. This is is something they're going to be investing in a long time. So, oh, I wish I knew someone who said Halo sucked from the get-go when others were kissing their butts. Hey, man, like I said, I thought there were some cool things with the game, but, I mean, if you look at Halo Infinite, that open world is lame. It's boring. I I still think they're struggling trying to figure out how to – Get your friends in there with you and make that world any more interesting. That bo- the, the seriously the open world design in that game is fucking boring. Well, <laughs> I'm not sitting there thinking about man, this would be so cool with Prime and Tone and, and Cuddles. Right. I don't think that at all. I'm just like this is gonna be even
1: lamer with three or four of us in here. I mean, I still dabble in the uh, the multiplayer. I don't think the multiplayer sucks. I think there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed, and that again comes on three four three. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, Cuddles, congratulations, <laughs> you get a you get a trophy. <laughs> It'll be in the mail. It'll be a photograph uh, of my nuts.
0: So. But I do think there's an interesting conversation to be had with PlayStation Plus on whether or not there's value for individuals. I think it's going to vary from everybody to everybody. Some people are going to be more than happy and content just to play online, they're going to be the essential <laughs> package. There's going to be people who are like myself who are like, shit, man, I like the essential package, but I also like having a catalog of games to go back that are not older games but newer games or relative games that I might have missed. I like that. Yes, Brian. But like the premium stuff, I'm not a retro gamer. I, I would rather play this stuff uh, natively on my system. I'd rather download it. So the streaming thing I don't have time to really play on the go. And I don't like fucking I know and again, I'm not dissing anyone that likes it. I know I know uh, Tricky loves it. I just I, I can't
1: do the mobile thing. I
0: can't even though you can hook your controller up to it, I just rarely have time to to hop on. I just
1: know it. that for me I get really excited when a big new title's coming out. Oh yeah. Um, That's like, what I'm focused say, on. like, you know, God of War Ragnarok or something like that. Would I get a God of War after that if the, if they just started putting their first titles out on, you know, again, they don't have the deep the deep pockets. Would I get it's, another it's God of really War It's really that simple. It's I, really I a, think d- at the d- end d- of the yeah. day, that's just kind of the point. And it, again, that's, 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 two different, that's two different takes on that. And, you know, one also, I mean, you can also look at console sales too as well, too, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, control that because Microsoft don't really want to make hardware anymore. They just want to really focus on that Game Pass. So the way they handle their streaming service is for a different reason than why Sony's doing it, which is, kind of just kind of give people you know revamp their ps now or make that more successful whatever it is but they're going to continue to make those big blockbuster titles and they're going to mm-hmm. need the money to make them and i do think it also puts pressure on the studios
0: when they don't have that fallback And i'm not saying like all the studios at xbox are falling back on game pass knowing those deep pockets are there to cover them in case the game is shit but sony obviously they don't have the deep pockets so the studios are responsible for kicking out big titles they get huge budgets to deliver a good title and like i said the track record is there and the pressure is on them to deliver a great game. And again, if I'm paying 70 bucks for an amazing open world game or hopefully a uh, live service SOCOM game, something multiplayer, I will gladly pay that if I know I'm getting sure. a quality product in mm-hmm. return. It's really that simple. I don't care that Microsoft has deeper pockets. I'm benefiting from it because they're first party stuff. I don't have to buy that. That's awesome. But I also understand from PlayStation side of things, they don't have those pockets. They get a charge. But I know I'm getting a quality product most of the time, if not every time. It is what it is. You're a gamer, dude. I'm going to go where the games are that I want to play. I don't give a fuck about the politics involved and the comparisons. These are not the same programs. They're different. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are going to be excited about whichever one they're into. So, Mm -hmm. curious what you guys and girls think if you're watching this uh, on the VOD or if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Let us know what you think of the PlayStation Plus, the new PlayStation Plus. And share your thoughts on that. Jay Hill asks, what would you rather have? Two to three average games or one really good game? One really good game. Yeah, all day. I mean, if if it's two to three average games over Game Pass where I don't have to pay for them, then I'm fine. I can try them out. And if they suck, you know, whatever. If I'm paying $70 and it's a fucking dope-ass game, then I'm cool with that.
1: That's an experience.
0: Uh, <laughs> Brian says, sorry, I was on my OnlyFans tab. What did you just ask? Did you get my subscription, Brian? Oh, never mind. Anyways. Moving on, we have some more gaming news to talk about. Tone, you went hands-on.
1: Yes, I did. We're gonna talk a little
0: VR gaming. Let's talk about Alicia. Yes. And that says beta, but that's bullshit because it's actually Alpha 2. That's right. So cross this off. You
1: know what, Tone? You talk a little bit. Tell us first of all, Tone. Yes. Tell us what Alicia is. It is going to be a massive multiplayer online. VR RPG game, whatever you want to say, MMO, MMO, gonna be a massive MMO in VR. And I gotta tell you, I gotta keep saying this because, and, and for those of you know this reference, I am just trying to live my sword art online life. That's all <laughs> I want. All I want, that's all I want. I mean, I go back to again to saying how I never had a virtual boy, I always wanted something like that. I always looked at it, Nintendo Pars. God, I wish I had one of these, right? I have, I have. Always dreamed about VR gaming. When I started really get into when the PSVR came out and like the HTC Vibes and stuff like that, and I first tried them, I was instantly blown away by playing games like Raw Data and going, this is fucking nuts. This uh-huh. is where gaming is going. And we've seen it in Demolition Man. We've seen it in the, in the classic and amazing movie Hackers. We've seen VR games at some point right in our imagination yeah. we're finally at the at the 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 the, the cusp of being a, really a standard i mean you look at the sales of vrs over the last few years psvrs we'll just zero on that because it's a home console game people buy a three four hundred dollar system and then they're buying a 250 350 dollar headset piece of hardware too and loving, yeah. and loving it and loving it somebody that sold them crazy during christmases that was some of my fastest selling hardware the last two or three years i was with uh you know GameStop. so it's exciting to see more of this become a standard, and other developers get involved and do the things that are doing. So, um, this, however, is the next step in that evolution, and that's why I'm very excited about it. Because as somebody who grew up playing V, or excuse me, MMO games for eh, Jesus over 20 years now, it's how I met Drastin from 70 Dungeons was playing an MMO. You know, this is something that was calling to me, right. and wa- something I wanted a, a massive game. Because realistically, when you buy these VR games and you're playing these, there are a lot of like just short 20 30 dollar experiences experiences tech demos whatever and sure. there's nothing wrong with that either but you know at the same time you want to sink your teeth into something bigger than that and this is where fortunately you're able to do that because uh you know th- here we are you know in the these folks uh, started a kickstarter i want to say it was in 2019 blew away their goal mm-hmm. and we're still you know in development i don't think that we know for sure when the game's going to come out, I'm, I'm going to hope and guess maybe this fall or this, this uh, end of the year, keep fingers crossed. Right? Whatever but, the hell
0: PSVR two
1: comes out. Right, 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 <laughs> right. We'll go with that. Right. So, because this is going to be on everything. So studio 21 here is working hard on Alicia. And, you know, we've talked about them a couple times here as well, too. Uh, we know, you know, a couple members of that community and some of the, the, the devs over there a little bit, we're hopefully starting to learn them and appreciate them. They got a fantastic community yeah, of players do. and everything yep. as well, too. The discord is very amazing. Um, But fortunately, I got hold of uh, Alpha Two Key. Oh, and you went in and played it. And I've been playing it this week. You've been playing it this week. Now, and... here's the thing, dude.
0: About uh, the thing that. Um... I find it so appealing. It, it, like, it's, oh, it, it's, it's Cosmos. Well, hello, Cosmos. It's like this... It's The thing with VR, when it first was introduced announced for PlayStation VR, and that's when it was going to be home and we could all try it. I remember the first thing I thought to myself was like, man, flying is going to be so cool. And when I went to the store down in Grand Rapids, I tried out E-Valkyrie, right. and I was like, holy shit, this is so... Are you yeah. looking around the cockpit? And there you are. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then I'm thinking, man, fucking horror is going to be awesome in yes. VR. And Resident Evil 7 comes yeah. on, you get the horror experience, and there's been other titles. And I'm like, okay, this is... Yeah, what's the next... Episode evolution of this what, what is the next thing to be said mm-hmm. about we've seen super hot we've seen beat saber right. but then you look at something like alicia and you're like okay this is an mmo this is going to introduce a social element that you don't get in a lot of e valkyrie flying games mm-hmm. which are like base, like very instant situations sure instance based situations and then you got some resident evil that's a that's so, a single player game but then you think about something like alicia that's an mmo And you're in there with other people. This is like, now you're talking like second life immersion. Like you're putting on the headset and like, okay, uh, the wife and the kids are in bed. I'm going to go hang out with Frank, Tony, and Johnny. And she's like, who the fuck are they? I'm like, oh, those are the guys uh, living across the country. But we go into this world and you are building actual friendships with people like you do in an MMO, but in a different way where you're all in the same well, you're, space you're, you're right by each literally you're
1: literally in it right yes you're absolutely literally in it and you know i've dabbled in a couple others as well too so far and um this was different because this is what i would say more traditional like what you would expect something to say and i i always hate to compare because it, it can be a slippery slope as well but like this is more of that like OG vanilla WoW feel. This is more a little yeah. old school MMO. This is quest based as well too. Just like anything Love else it. I suppose in the same space. But like aesthetically a lot more going on. I mean, I, listen, I was in this game. Even the first, even the fact at the beginning that they let me change my height. Th- and there's a mirror there, and there's certain Shut things. Up. There's there's little, yeah, there's little things that they're already allowing you to do that I know is just in alpha, and I know there's more coming. I know there's a lot of things they're building upon because this this crew is working really, really hard around the clock for all the extra stuff they're gonna do. But man, there is something amazing to being in this game, and you walk up to something, and you got this big rat, and you swat it, and you, you jump back a little bit and you swat it again, and you're like, Oh, dropped an item. You pick up an item. You put it on your character. You bring up the fucking menu. You're looking in the menus, and it's just like it's a real surreal experience because you're literally everything that you would see. Like if you're looking at a computer screen and you're playing an MMO and you're blowing up your inventory screen, you're just moving stuff around. You're literally using your triggers. You're grabbing stuff. You know how I love he menus. Loves his menus. You he know loves I love menus. menus. So now that I can get my hands on fully on a menu, that's a whole different story, right? Even the the skill tree, like it's so just. It's just it's different like it's, it's, guess, yeah it's, yeah it's it's just so unique and different and i know a lot of this stuff might evolve and change as 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 more builds of this comes out but i gotta tell you like man it, it's it's another revelation in kind of gaming for me and vr gaming has done that for me really since the first time i put a headset on i was like this is unreal and then it's just more and more the, the envelope continues to get pushed and mm-hmm. we're like listen like I don't until you've actually played VR yeah. you oh, don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But then you take the next step and you're getting into something like an MMO yeah. that's VR. I'm telling you that's like fucking I like I'm still having a hard time evolving my brain around the fact that we're at that point now in gaming. Mm-hmm. Something I've always legitimately wanted. And I spent another couple hours last night as well too and um some people were like, "Well, what are you doing?" I'm just kind of walking through the woods, just kind of looking around. Like very honestly, like I, I, was like, well, I went to Hillmont, but I took my time, kind of getting there because I just, you know, like. And for me, because I'm so, I don't get motion sickness. I don't get any like any of that stuff. I'm literally just moving around. I'm moving left while turning and stuff like that. Like none of that stuff affects me. Right. And and it got so ingrained to like the controls. I felt like like I always call it playing in the matrix. That's what I literally call it. That's mm-hmm. how I felt like, you know, you're you're running, you're doing your slide, you're just moving around, and you're getting to like your next quest. And then you're, I'm just like after so long, you just all of a sudden it's like I've been playing. It felt like I've been playing it for so long. Right. right? You so kind of you just kind of like slip into you, that role. You, you slip and you you melt into it. So um yeah so I, again I I want to thank uh the team over there for the hard work they're doing. We really appreciate you guys um. It, Cosmos, uh, Arthur, uh, Jay McKenzie, some of you folks over there. I talked to, you know, even just just even the people playing the game in the discord, the excitement and everything like this. Like, it's really fun to be involved in a community for a game like this that was kickstarted, yes. crowdfunded, and people are legitimately excited about playing it. You don't get that kind of like camaraderie buzz because 90 percent of the time we're all at each other's throats about an opinion on something. Sure. But then you find a crew like this that you everybody's just, just excited because I know I'm not the only one that's wanted games like this the entire time. No, life. This,
0: dude, this is the, the honestly, man. Like, like I was mentioning before, flying and horror and some of the shooter stuff. I thought Firewall Zero Hour was a really immersive experience, yeah. a first person shooter. where you have the uh, yeah. uh, the the, the PS Aim, thought it was awesome. But the more and more, I mean, you talked about Zen when you played that a while back, and you talked about more of this this weekend when I was messaging you. And it's just, dude, the the the, the thought of an MMORPG a world that they can continue to build upon and, and give you uh, dungeons and whatnot. I mean, I don't know what the grand scheme, I'm sure they have a fucking huge roadmap of stuff they want to do. And you just think about going into this world with your friends. It's, dude, it's different than hopping online and playing Call yeah. of Duty with your buddies or Destiny or doing any co-op stuff with buddies. When you put on the headset and you're literally standing shoulder to shoulder with your team, you know what I'm saying? With, with your squad mm-hmm. going into a dungeon for a raid or whatever. Right. And you're in this world mm-hmm. using these abilities, being this character. It's different than when you create a, an arch or a ranger or a mage in a, in, a, in a typical you know MMO. But when you're in VR, you are embodying that character. You are literally that character. You get to be as badass as, you, blue? as you build that character to be. Dude, MMO VR is honestly, in my opinion, the one thing I am most excited about with VR at this point.
1: Dude, if you think like holding a shield and slashing a sword is cool, casting Um, spells and shit, dude, you got a fucking wand and to do your moves, you do a certain move set you grab a bow, you literally do this and aim with the fucking thing. Yes. Like, it's, like, it, it is, this is not just, you're not just playing a game, you're not just playing an RPG, you're not just playing a VR game. You are li- literally having an experience in a humongous, humongous living, breathing world. We're talking airships. You can fly, you can climb on stuff. Like, there is, dude, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't know if I can convey this enough, it's hard. That's And that's the
0: bitch of VR. It's hard to convey and let people know until they put the heads in. You, on just, you have
1: no idea. And I'm telling you, I can already see the roots that are growing right now and what this is going to grow into. And I don't think people are necessarily either fully aware or prepared because it's going to come swinging. It's going to come swinging hard. And I just want everybody to be on the stream because right now is the time to do it because, again, you've got a community that's fully excited. There's uh, You can go to MagePortal. Uh, is it MagePortal.com, I want to say? check out mage portal there is uh, some bundles out there now you can if you want to support the team yep. you can buy some beta keys out there you can buy like in game I- items as well too so there's a lot of things going on right now like they are getting ready like we don't of course I know they can't talk about release dates you know I keep saying I'm sh- surely hoping that it's sometime this year right but um I'm just saying like y- y- you don't you don't realize until you're involved as well mage mageportal.com store thank you Appreciate you guys. I know some of you guys out here from Studio 21 are here as well, too. We really appreciate you. Very thankful for the Alpha key. Thank you so much. I'm having a blast. Uh, uh, alpha's going on until the 8th. So I'm going to... Uh, I know. You need to. I know. You really need to. I hope to. my wife isn't watching, but I'm
0: thinking about going to grab a MetaQuest this week
1: and hey, so I yeah, can jump into the final week. You really need <laughs> to. Release date soon to be... So, so we might get an announcement soon. So, you know, um, again, like, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your hard work. It's, it's nice to... You know, kind of try to get to know some of y'all. And, dude, I'm telling you, like, if you like VR gaming out there and you don't have a Quest or whatever it is and you want to try it, you're curious, now is the time. I mean, if you
0: look at the Quest, and, you, and hopefully PSVR 2 is, is priced at a, at a point for, for entry. But I mean, you got MetaQuest at a reasonable price. You can get in there and play this stuff. I'm telling you, man, the, the, the way these headsets are becoming more easily accessible to people, and then, again, you put something like this, an MMO VR game where people can hop on that, put on their headset, and escape the reality of the world, and jump into this place and just go on quests. I would, dude, my wife is gonna leave me if this when this game comes out because I'm gonna want to
1: play this shit. All fucking <laughs> night, every night. Add dude. to the list of reasons why she would leave you. Don't forget, if, if you guys, if, if one of the members out there could also put in there the uh, the Kickstarter page too. If you yeah, want to see, in there. if you want to see the list of things that you're gonna be able to do in this game, crafting. By the way, yeah, tell, your... me. tell me about the crafting. Tell me about the so, crafting. So I don't believe it's in here in the alpha. At least I haven't discovered it yet. But from what I understand, from what I've seen, you're gonna put like something in, like a uh, uh, you'll you'll be able to put like iron down or something and hammer it. Oh my, create God, a fucking dude. blade. Put together, like I'm telling you, like there's fishing in the game. Like I mean, I'm telling you, you. sit on a dock and just fucking fish. It is is literally anything you ever wanted. Yeah, there you go, guys. Please check that out. Um, they've done a great job. Uh, Like I said, they smashed their goals on this as well too. Uh, we're gonna continue to roll and just continue to uh be part of the excitement as well too. So you guys are more than welcome at all times to use us as a vessel for anything. We are more than happy to uh, be involved and we appreciate to. Uh, get I know, to know there
0: you. is a way, and I'm going to try to figure out how to do this. If I pick this, I know, one, right? if I'm that's able to get too. a quest this weekend, yeah. uh, I know there is a way to capture gameplay while you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can do it through your phone. So I'm going to try to find a way to, to capture the gameplay yeah. so we can get it up on the Chromecast channel. Chromecast streaming. Oh, you can Chromecast it? Yep. Okay, cool. Maybe that's what I'll do so we can get a video up on the YouTube channel so people can check it out. Uh, dude, this is the you can catfish in VR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, wow. Well, oh, you, uh...
1: Can a cat call? <laughs> oh, with fishing. Oh, But see, I mean, those good. are the
0: little things, man, that yeah. I fucking love about no. VR. Like, say if I get home and I don't feel like going on a quest, none of the guys are on for that night or whatever, and, I, and there's no raid, but I just want to fucking go chill in a world. Again, it's so different. When you sit there and put the headset on, and you're looking around, and you mm-hmm. hear the sounds, and you're just sitting there fishing, grabbing the stuff that you need to complete mm-hmm. a daily challenge or whatever, or do whatever you need to do for questing and to just sit there and be immersed in these worlds. I'm telling you, man, mm-hmm. these guys are passionate, they're exciting, they're transparent. They're really excited about what they're making here. Yeah. And when this shit comes out, man, I'm telling you, MMO VR is going to what is, is, is going to be what propels VR to the mainstream. Oh, it's going easy. we're no longer it's no longer going to be a niche thing. Yeah. If people can hop on there and live another life for just a couple hours and get involved and play with their friends and do wild shit and be the person they created mm. as opposed to sitting back on a couch and seeing them
1: on the screen and actually being there, this is going to take VR yes. to that next level. Yes, and I think uh, two two last things I want to say and then I'll you know, move on here. Um, One, I love, uh, of course, I, I have somebody I can talk to and be like, hey, I don't know how to do this, you know. Um, fortunately, somebody can give me some of the answers, but I do like you want to know. You want to know where your waypoints at? Yeah. Shut the fuck up.
2: You That's, just go like this. You, and just, it, you,
1: just, you, just, you just, fucking like, like you're looking intuitive. around. Intuitive. Exactly. Um, the last thing I want to say, and this is the only minor, minor complaint I got for everybody oh boy, out there. Here we go. Can we please do something about the fucking bear being so hidden underwater? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I was having a bitch of a time finding that fucking bear. A bear? A little teddy bear. A Girl lost oh, her teddy bear the teddy under the water. Bear. Well, just go in the water and look uh, for it. Yeah, well, first of all, by the way, the underwater. We you fi- did, fa- fixed okay. that. Okay. Thank fucking God. We fixed um, that. Um, no. so the underwater, the underwater is fucking dope as shit, too. Is it really? Yeah, it's really fucking dope. So That's, and see yeah. and that and then out like Cosmos okay. just
0: said we fixed that, we moved it. Okay. Awesome. I fucking love developers who Listen and, yeah. and they implement Stuff because I think you can tell dude. They're, they're excited they understand the Potential yeah. of MMO VR they understand how fucking Awesome this could be mm-hmm. And they're on it dude yeah. Is that street slang for the dude in the pool <laughs> That's actually The bear hidden underwater is that street Slang for dude in the pool that is actually My nickname for my wife Is bear because I am Furry I am Furry well <laughs> I tell you what, dude. The, the 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 moment she realized what she was getting into was when we first started dating. We went to uh, we were on the west side of the state. I think we were near Luding, I think we were in Ludington, and uh, I got out, I was in the water and I got out and as I was walking back to her, some little kid goes, "Mommy, that guy's covered in seaweed." <laughs> I wanted to fucking drown that kid, dude. I wanted to be like, dude, he said it so fucking loud and everybody heard it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Uh, Mommy, he's covered uh, in seaweed. That's it's pretty like, amazing. I was just like, okay, dude. I just, I hate amazing. your kid. Your kid sucks. That's what I said to him. He's a cute kid, but he didn't know any better. But, uh, dude, no, I, I am really, really excited to see where they go with Alicia. Obviously, uh, Studio 21. Very ambitious title. This is, and you know, you played Zenith, but it sounds like from your experience, this is going to be on a grander scale. There's a lot of potential here, and ah, uh, dude, I'm gonna be out here buying a goddamn quest on Friday, and I'm gonna blame you when my wife finds out. But I gotta try this out, dude. I gotta- <laughs> Damn, bro, the kid roasted you when you were on a date. They knew, dude. I'm telling you, man, this kid was probably like seven or eight years old, and he just said that. I was like, I want. I looked and I was like, Are you? I didn't say. I just smiled. I was like, Oh, you're. you're- you're cute. I hope you don't drown today. Um, but, um, no, man, I'm excited to try this out. Yeah. I, I just, like I said, it started with flying stuff and then I thought about horror and VR. But, man, when you think about the social aspects and playing with friends and, and all that shit with, with MMOs, that I feel is what you know, even first person shooters to a degree. You know, Firewall Zero Hour was a really, really immersive game, but. Playing something that isn't a shooter, where you can create a character and seriously embody them, and be a mage or an archer or a fucking ranger or whatever you want, a tank, whatever the abilities are. Right, the sky's the limit, and mm-hmm. to be able to live in that world, be in that world with your friends, dude. That's VR. Uh, the world's not ready for it, dude. I'm telling you right now, the, I the, am. the guys working on the guys and guys working on Elysia, that they they have the potential to really change the shape of vr gaming in the
1: industry they really do so thank you again for you guys for being involved and stopping in uh and again thank you to the community as well over there too they're really awesome Uh, a lot of folks uh talk throughout the day and have a good time as well too i know everybody's having a blast so really excited uh like i said so you know listen to uh you know check out their twitter as well too keep an eye out uh through us as well too we'll we'll keep up with some announcements uh as well too so uh, if you're interested in vr gaming or got any questions feel free to reach out to us and we'll put you in the right direction
0: all right. I'm moving to the deucers because we got a dope ass trailer. Yeah, we're going to check all
1: these things like crazy I'm Telling you, man. I, uh, hey, like a hey, funnel. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm down. My well, grandpa, I'm doing, for, I'm doing it for grandpa. I'm there sure he's go. up there looking at me going, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And I'm ashamed. like, I didn't
1: learn nothing. He's ashamed.
0: <laughs> he's ashamed. All right. So we know that we are very, very close, very, very close to Top Gun Maverick. And we got a trailer this week that is fucking incredible. Because. Take me. We got to
2: we see are. some folks in here. Oh, shit! Yeah.
0: Nipples are hard, bro. Nipples are hard. um All right. First of all, fucking Iceman. Admiral Krasanski. We got an Iceman sighting. Now, I don't know if we're actually, if this is just going to be, if we're going to get an actual appearance. I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess not. But the fact that that was an awesome nod that dude, he's Admiral. He's, he's ranked over Maverick. That's a sweet nod, dude. I mean, first it's Val Kilmer, it's Iceman, but he's Admiral. He's like the guy in charge. That is fucking awesome. That was a dope ad- – when that showed up, I almost got a little ch- – I was like, "Oh, dude, that's – because we all know the struggles that, that uh, Val Kilmer's going through and, and, and what he's, he's had to endure and watch his career kind of just kind of like slip away. To see them pay that kind of respect. Right. To see – he's got the flat top and everything. It was just like, dude, Admiral Kazanski, fucking dope. So that was a sweet part of the show. I did not know. And I'm not joking, dude. We saw the trailer before. I didn't know that was Miles Teller playing Goose's son. That's what you're saying. Dude, Miles Teller is a really good actor. I know you haven't seen Whiplash yet, but I know there are folks out there who have seen Whiplash. Whiplash is fucking incredible. Now, J.K. Simmons won Best Supporting Actor for that movie. He won an Oscar, but Miles Teller was with him step for step the whole way. Really talented. So you're going to get a lot of emotion out of him as Goose's son. And we've seen the scene that you know he doesn't trust Maverick, so that's
1: a nice... That's gonna be a nice little uh, uh, little friction there. Absolutely, and and there's my mom, of course. Hello, mom. There, there, there's Tones mom. She's hey guys, for, keep it clean. Keep it clean. She says she's excited. for Top Gun been waiting like thirty years. So that's how you know it was integrated in my home growing up, Damn. and why this is one of my top three favorite uh, Tom Cruise movies of all time. And. In a, 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 a higher level of my top movies of all time. Will I love be the little piano jingle, too. Dude, Dude, all of it, man. I am ready for that highway to take me to the danger zone. So I am full on ready. Yes, yes. They're telling you. She probably can't see the chat, but... They are telling you, Mom, that I am filthy. which She's already she knows firmly she aware knows. of my potty mouth. And
0: she's a saint for raising you, yeah, so she,
1: she uh, put up a lot of shit. But, bonus
0: points for that. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I'm 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 super super. I, like I it, it's it's uh, it was almost at the point watching their day and like the first time I saw this trailer, where I kind of got like a little choked up just because this was such a big movie for me growing up. So um even and you know, this is. Controversial as well, too. I'm a big fan of the Nintendo game as well, too. That I'm <laughs> that one was of, a good game, dude. Probably yeah, one yeah. of like seven people that ever beat. So um, but man, yeah, like everything, like getting some Iceman in there. I listen, I my my granddad was a uh a Navy vet, so I love how they even said Navy here as well, too, And that. Yep. Um Cuddles is a navy man as well, too, an ex-vet Navy. But uh um just just seeing the planes out here in action, this is what made me obsessed as a kid with <sighs> Like planes and flying. The authenticity like that. is really
0: good, too. Yeah. Like it
1: looks like they, it's not just
0: some dude sitting in a cockpit. I mean, they would, I don't know the extent of what they did because I don't know
1: when you look at Tom Cruise. I'm pretty sure they did what they did the first one and get, got like the ability to work with the Navy and the, the Navy. Out. But I'm talking about
0: like the actual, I mean, there are, I mean, look, we've seen Tom Cruise pilot a fucking helicopter in Mission Impossible right. Fallout. I don't believe he's flying jets here, but they were doing something where he is in a jet. A lot of this filming is of him in a jet. There's just, dude, it's either that or it is insanely authentic. Like it looks incredible. A lot of these scenes, this is a movie, dude. Where you almost you have to see this in a theater. This is going to be a must see experience in the theater. Fuck, he ain't flying jets. I don't believe he is, but I won't be. I won't doubt one bit if they found a way to mount cameras in there and someone's flying. Or with somebody him
1: might in. be in the back behind him too, uh, Josie. Uh, you know, believe it or not, and I'm not kidding you. I never had an issue landing that plane. I did have more issue trying to get refueled in missions two and four. Was it was it two and four two and four I think mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was two three and four actually um, but the trick in two when you're in the water level is to stay high altitude and be able to dodge the missiles a lot easier that route as well too so there's your little pro tip when you go back that and play pro that pro tip someday on uh, Nintendo's online refueling so was the freaking worst refueling was really hard because the the you had to mess with the directions as well too.
0: Dude, Brian, I believe it. He goes, Brian says, I remember reading about Cruz wanting to fly a jet, but the army wouldn't let him. I don't doubt that. I mean, dude, seriously, he is, like, look, man, say what you do about Tom Cruise. That guy cruise is, is a master at his craft. Like, yeah. he is all about authenticity. Yeah, man. In Mission Impossible, he was hanging off the side of a plane. Dude, insurance companies who insure these movies fucking hate Tom Cruise movies mm-hmm. because he's like, dude, I want to dangle off this plane. And they're like, well, you can have a stuntman. He's like. No, I want it to be me. No,
2: yeah, he's. he's I'm
0: flying he's, he's this legit. helicopter, not some guy. Uh, that's that's the one thing I appreciate appreciate about Tom Cruise movies. He is doing what it looks like he's doing for the most part. I mean, 99 percent of the time, he is like the Jackie Chan of over here. Like he,
1: he is doing his own sons. He's doing everything. Did he die then in that movie with Rachel Blunt? I think so. Or is it Rachel? Yeah. Is it
0: Rachel Blunt? Or Rachel Weeds. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah. Oh Oblivion. oh Oblivion. Or no, no, you're no, thinking no, of no. Uh, um
1: Kill Die Repeat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck what is that movie? Uh Die Another Day? Die, die no, Tomorrow. That's, that's Bob, dude. <laughs> I can't I can't get the shit. What is that movie? <laughs> well they
0: had it one name and then they changed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Live li- Die Repeat or something. That's the
1: tag name for it, but it's uh god damn it, somebody out there knows it. Um but anyways, I love. I actually really like that movie as well too. Oh, Brian just put it down. However,
0: Bruckheimer uh, d- maintains that the U.S. Navy uh, ultimately declined Cruise's request to fly the Super Hornet, which boasts a price tag in excess of seventy million. Edge of I Tomorrow.
1: There you go. That is a great movie.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it's just like, look, man. He he is a master of his craft. Like he is a very, he attention to detail. He wants everything to be exciting. Top three cruise movies.
1: Point blank, <sighs> go.
0: Top three cruise movies.
1: Can you do it? I can do it right now.
0: Um. I'll let you go first.
1: Okay, Top Gun, clearly. My narrator report and um, War of the Worlds. Ooh, I do like War of the Worlds. Um, big, big I'm gonna fan. go. Top I'm three. gonna
0: go. Actually, actually, no. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna go with mine. Uh, I love Collateral. I'm gonna go with Collateral. With him and Jamie. Foxx. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Jamie Fox. Collateral, uh, I'm not going to go top three in order Just top favorite movies (laughs)
1: Traffic Thunder, Traffic Thunder, Traffic Traffic Thunder thunder I'm not going to debate that that at at all You can't
0: debate that, that's actually a valid valid point Days of Thunder is a decent flick Oh, fucking love Days of Thunder But I'm going to go with Collateral, uh, Minority Report And um, War of the Worlds, man I really okay. like, yeah, I yeah, really I like Spielberg's take on that, I, I'm a big fan. how the focus wasn't so much on the aliens and the invasion itself, but the the acting of, even though his son was a terrible actor. But yes, Tropic Thunder. A lot of people are seeing Tropic Thunder. He is a, uh, Les Grossman. He is dude. incredible. Yes, big dick, baby. Yeah, Big dude, dick. G, dude.
1: G10 or whatever the plane is. G6. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. No, that, that, that movie's incredible. And yes, Days of Thunder was a movie we watched a lot growing up as well, too. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah, he's... He's something else.
0: Uh, you know what? Zach Dynamite, Zach Dynamite makes a good collateral is outstanding. It is, it is outstanding. I actually love that movie. Ethan Hunt over is better than James Bond. I would say Ooh. if I okay, here we go. Out uh, of the three super spies. I'm gonna go Bourne Hunt Bond Sam Fisher, oh Bond pre Daniel Craig. I think Daniel Craig's Bond can can wrestle with Ethan Hunt uh Jason Bourne's always giving me my favorite spot. I think Jason Bourne the Bourne movies were fucking incredible. I think Trent Jason Bourne would
1: fight the shit out of both of them. He'd kill time. everybody
0: with a fucking magazine. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually really do like uh, I, I do like especially in the in the later uh, Mission Mission Impossible is like is like uh, Fast and Furious. You know, it started off decent, but it just keeps getting excellent. Like the reviews and the fans and the uh, like the, the mm-hmm. audience scores continue to get better as he makes these the movies. The reason why they keep making them cuz And
1: tell me man I love the first one, which I know a lot of people didn't because it was boring, but I really happen to be a big fan of the espionage in the first movie. First one was good. Uh, the first one got, I think uh, the one I, the one that pisses me off that people don't like is the John Woo one. The second
0: which, one? The second one. I fucking love There's that There's a movie. lot of people that give that one shit. I love the John. Do anytime John Woo is doing a movie, anytime I, he I love his style of shooting movie. The, the doves, the slow motion. Rubbing the, is racing. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing, uh, son, is racing. I think that's uh, Robert Duvall who says that in that movie. Dude. Um, but, no, I, I'm I'm excited for this. I thought this was a really, really good trailer. Mm-hmm. I like the cast. I didn't know this, but um, obviously we know that Miles Teller is in it, Jennifer Connelly is in John it, Hamm. John Hamm. But Ed Harris is in this movie, too. I don't know what his role is, but we got Ed Harris in this movie. This is a solid cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the production values are going to be top-notch. We know the special effects are going to be top-notch. This could be one of those sequels where I'm not sure if we needed it at first. But if you would have told me 10 years ago we're getting Top Gun 2, I'd be like, eh, okay. But knowing... The pedigree of Tom Cruise and his movies with this cast, I think this
1: um, this
0: has been to is Rain Viper Man's still a good alive? movie.
1: What's that? Is Viper still alive? You know, who Michael Ironside is.
0: Uh, Michael Ironside, I don't know. Uh, Viper should be alive. I mean, what's Tom Skerritt. Scar- Tom, Scar- Tom yeah, yeah I think he's in it.
1: Man, what if we got some cameos from them guys? Dude, if we
0: got some of those, guys, can dead. we get Merlin?
1: Can we get Tim Tim Robbins? Oh God, let's I know.
0: get Tim Robbins in there. Let's get Merlin back Slider. on the scene. Slider.
2: You stink. <laughs>
0: slider you stink god just an awesome dude that was a sweet 80s cast yeah man that was a really 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 Is really Kenny good Loggins
1: season. doing the album for this one as well too he's getting yeah. some songs in there I mean if he's not I'm gonna be playing with the boys <laughs> man I hope they shoot the volleyball scene a little bit better no <laughs> I just want some topless aviators and some sunscreen bro go (laughs) that's all he's asking for playing with the boys uh this will be a movie we
0: will definitely see and probably do a a a reaction to and i'll have pants off he will have his pants off for show all right dude we've got some show how you doing good for another seg doing good for another seg all right we're gonna hop into we got a couple shows we want to talk about we're gonna wrap it up man not a terribly deep show but a lot of good stuff to talk about yeah let's get to the next topic let's talk about winning let's time. talk
1: about once again hbo putting out another awesome show with an amazing intro song by the coop dude that is a dude that intro song yeah, dude, it's dope, that man. intro song is dope as f and they've been the Coop's been around from like 92 or something or like 89 <laughs> long time this song beginning of this is amazing just yeah. like every hbo so instantly that hook grabbed me day one i'm like oh shit it's dope ass song dope ass song dope so. ass
0: not quite peacemaker level but
1: pretty Nothing fucking good. Pe- not even Game of Thrones do is peacemaker you do you do you at this do do? point. <laughs> Be honest.
0: Uh, Tone. We are now yeah. four episodes in, and um, you know, I had some. I liked the first episode. I really liked it a lot. I had some issues with some of the the way the movie the show was shot with that seventies vibe, but here we are, dude. We're at episode four. This show is fucking amazing. I yeah. mean, this show is really really good. And the thing that and I mentioned to you beforehand. The thing that I love about this show is the authenticity of it. There is a lot of historical facts that they do right. Yes, they dramatize some things that that can't be confirmed, but it's necessary to move the show forward and keep it interesting, keep it engaging. But for the most part, there is a lot of things that happen in this movie that are confirmed to have happened or very close to what happened. I love that. And then you add in the fact that everybody in the show is so fucking good. Everybody in this show is fucking awesome. Must be an HBO show, then. It, it's got to be, dude. Like, look, obviously, you can say what you want about John C. Riley. Rob Morgan is great, but man, right now, early on, I am,
1: so, dude. And shout out to Sally Field. My girl is still doing dude, her thing. I told the wife other night, I'm like, when she passes, it's gonna be a fucking tragedy. Dude, I still Sally Field is crushing. I it still, it still fucking love as her. As Jerry's dude. mom, she Sally is Field. great.
0: But for me, right now,
1: uh, we're watching
0: uh, at this point in the show. We're watching that transition of Jerry West from head coach. He hasn't quite been named general manager yet, but I love the conflict of Jerry West of, you know, he was this great player that never really won as many championships due to the fucking uh, Boston Celtics. He ended up winning one towards the end, but you know, he doubts himself as a coach. He, Mm -hmm. you know, he, 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 it's a lot of, a lot of people deal with this stuff, man. And the way he, Conveys that Jason Clark is a really, really good actor. I think he's very, very talented. And he does a great job of conveying that conflictedness of of Jerry West. You know, he's he steps down as the head coach, but then he's also like, but I I can't leave this team. I love this mm-hmm. franchise, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get uh, what's his, what's the new coach's name? McKinley. Yes, yeah, Jack McKinley. Getting him in, and you understand, like he really conveys like how much, Jer- how much this franchise means to mm-hmm. Jerry West. He doesn't want to coach it, but fuck, he wants to see them win. Right. And I love that part of it. So the the, the the way they show Jerry West's struggle is really, really good. Uh, but again, the presentation, the soundtrack, everything, mm-hmm. the performances, this is a fucking addicting show. Even though you know most of the stuff already happened, it's a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, Jerry Tarkanian, you had uh, uh, the guy from uh, Days of Confused, Rory Cochrane. Yeah, not playing. a lot of people realize that, too. Dad, he's playing Jerry Tarkanian. Yeah. I thought that was fucking wild. I was like, oh, shit, that's Rory Cochran. Yeah, I'm he like, was oh. just in Antlers. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, he was. Uh, so, I mean, all the people they have playing all these roles... This is a really,
1: really good. It was great when Jason Segel. Yeah, Jason Segel shows up. Yeah, as, uh... a lot of people forgot he was in that, I feel like, as well, too.
0: Like, a lot of these characters, a lot of these roles that you're not expecting people to show up, be like, oh, fuck, man, mm-hmm. that's that's an interesting casting choice. But everyone is really good. But your thoughts so far, dude? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm you know, like I said uh, when this first popped out, that's how I was introduced into the NBA to basketball was watching the Showtime Lakers in the mid-'80s because... Magic Johnson was from fucking Lansing and played for MSU. So inherently when those playoffs were going on, we were on our fucking 240 picture tube watching them fucking play against the Celtics. So, you know, this was an important show for me just generally because of the era Mm -hmm. and because like outside of being a super fan of like the Detroit bad boys era, the only other one that I've ever cared about that much is the Showtime Laker era as well, too. So, you know, being able to see all of this kind of set the way it is and you know listen i i John C Riley is amazing i know we can always talk he'll be in uh, uh saginaw by the way it's Sunday he's doing a play um for i believe Laurel and Hardy i think he's involved
0: oh we're, we're at the temple. temple yeah he'll, temple? Go to the temple. Oh, he'll be doing temple
1: so i really kind of debated about going um just a random fact for y'all local um but uh you know i i'm pretty sure the last episode i don't remember the context but i'm pretty sure there was a Dr brule um uh like uh what's the word I'm looking for reference yes thank yes. you like there was in uh uh kong Scott, skull island um <laughs> really
0: you didn't know that in kong I, Skull island i mean i knew it but i didn't realize there was a reference to it in this
1: yeah the, he says something that I, I looked and i was like oh i'm pretty sure it's dr Barula a reference <laughs> right there i just don't remember the context because it was really late when i watched and also dude, episode. shout out to michael chiklis as red auerbach yeah dude. i did not know he was dude there's so many people like you said there's people that show up they're, like, they're oh, hidden. Shit, yeah yeah dude as soon a, as he yeah. showed up, I'm like, "Oh, Michael Chiklis is in this too." And he, and he plays, he plays played red like perfect.
0: Yeah, like, he it was, was fucking very nice. arrogant. Ye- and like oh, yeah. he
1: nailed the red R box. Yeah, so. Great. so if you you know, even if you don't enjoy basketball, if you like good the drama, character, there, yeah, yes. the characters and everything, it's very just like over the top. And you, you a- learn a lot more. So it's not so much the sports.
0: I mean, obviously, the last episode we focused on the camaraderie of the team, mm-hmm. the chemistry, but there's it's it's a lot of the
1: shit that happens behind the scenes that yeah. led up the, the, how this became a thing, and that's fucking interesting. Dude, yeah, and like the you get the fourth wall breaking with all the characters are talking Love and stuff that. like that too because it is a mockumentary. Yeah, and uh, you know I don't know exactly the 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 guy that's playing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he's great man. There you can he has that stolen that Jesus. Yeah. it's like it's perfect. So um, again, if if you don't even like basketball, it's, it's worth It's an HBO watch. show, so guess great what? Great cast. Good stuff. I, I I can't get enough of it. Like because every time I'm hearing just like this, the beginning of Sopranos or Peacemaker, now I get this song stuck yeah, in my head all <laughs> the time. So it, it's
0: it's a great show, you guys. The only thing that got a little too much was the Magic Cookie story. I know it's a big part, but too much for me. Yeah, I mean obviously, but that, again, you have to have some filler in there too for the dramatization stuff of it, right? Uh, but and again, it, it's I think it's exploring it from the professional athlete side of. You know, stepping away from college and then jumping into <laughs> the pros. Uh, there, oh yeah, the man, um, yeah, a random see, Mando there, episode. If there's
1: ten episodes, about seven, maybe we'll see a uh, Mando pop in. It'll be a Mando episode. Xander, you're gonna dig it. It's uh, again, if yeah. if you're a fan of any of the,
0: the 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 actors in the show, it's worth it's absolutely worth a watch for that. But if you just want to watch to see how. The Lakers basically saved the NBA. I mean, they really did. They changed the NBA. They changed sports.
1: Doctor Buss was completely—he's uh, a visionary. He's a dreaming visionary. He was
0: almost ahead of his time. Like he just—he came in right at the right time. But you could tell the struggle uh, of trying to, you know, mm. help the league, and the league didn't even want him around. Like everyone just kind of laughed him off and mm. treated him like shit. But he is the reason the NBA is what it is today. Yeah,
1: he paved that way. So
0: it's it's a really really good show. And again, the performances are great. The presentation is really good. The soundtrack is good. Everything is there. Uh, I'm really digging. It. How, how many episodes was this? I think it's six or seven.
1: Never, not enough. <laughs> not enough. Whatever already. the number is, not enough.
0: Yeah, it's a story. Yeah, Jay Hill says It's a story I've never really heard about, and I love basketball. And it's again, I love the fact that it makes it so appealing is because of how accurate it is. With a lot of the main events and the main points that they're making, and that they that they focus on, a lot of this shit is pretty accurate. Uh, you know, with the exception to some of the more drama filled stuff. But again, you got to make it interesting. It's a mockumentary after all. You got to make it interesting. People for love the drama. I love the drama. How you
1: doing? Let's go. We got another?
0: You got another one? All another right, one. dude. Time to move. We have two topics left. The first one, spoiler free. But let's talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight, which dropped today Mm -hmm. on Disney+.
1: Plus. Lucky I watched it on lunch because I didn't have the power to watch it afterwards. That
0: would have been really disappointing, huh? You would have been
1: crushed. Uh, Moon Knight
0: stars Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Uh, This is a character I knew very little about. I mean, very little, meaning nothing. I don't know much about this character at all. I didn't even know who Moon Knight was. But, hey, Marvel's like, hey, you want to know? Okay, man, I'll watch this shit. Don't worry, Jamie McKenzie. We'll keep it very, very clean. We'll keep it very, very spoiler-free. Yeah, spoiler-free. Spoiler uh, good first episode. I don't know this character at all, so going in blank, yes, I need to watch it tonight. Yes, you guys do. Make sure you check it out, and if you want to come back after we talk about it and sign off in the comments on YouTube or wherever, mm-hmm. we want to get your thoughts on it. But, but we're tone, not,
1: you know, we're going to spoil the plots or anything.
0: I just want to say early on, you know, the first impressions are, first of all, um, obviously this character, Oscar Isaac plays, whether it's Steven or Mark or whoever he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he deals with a uh, polar identity crisis. You know, he's got a lot going on with him, and the way they convent, convey how he deals with that and the effect that it has on people, losing time and whatnot. I thought they did a really, really good job. And I think that's important when you are doing a Marvel show specifically to show that they're not just a superhero, they're dealing with their own thing. You got to have flaws. It's, you know, every superhero, like Superman, right. has a, a weakness, mm-hmm. kryptonite, and what have you. And we understand that we discover right
1: away what's going on with Steven. I think do a really good job of conveying that first and foremost. I think one of the first things that I'm going to say is that I'm really glad they kind of stepped away from the character traditionally being a billionaire. Now, that might come around at some point with one of his alter egos. Mm -hmm. Um, But that created a lot of like back and forth with Batman comparisons for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of stepped back from that some a little bit too, which is good. So I think it inherently right away to, to stop them comparisons because I I, did, I don't want to see that old, that old thing get drudged out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Character's been around since like 1975, I want to think. So it's been later than some, right. But a lot long enough to where, you know, still people, you know, would like to fight over that sort of shit. Um, But uh, just overall, the 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 fact that we've got somebody like Oscar Isaac yes who has Incredible he's got so range. many movies under his belt um so much range uh i always go back to even the, the crazy one he played in drive 2011 which is unlike any other character he really ever played <laughs> truth be told um to 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 being in star wars to being um ex machina which is probably one of my favorite movies that he's done he was great in doom even though he really wasn't in it as much but to be able to allow him to again get another big name in a marvel film in a comic book role but actually with good writing and good production involved to be able to spread his you know well cape i guess at this point (laughs) uh and do what he's doing here too and you know i was definitely i knew that they were going to get into his personality disorder um because that's that's the ecosystem with this character that makes him so unique but what i didn't realize was that they were gonna do it so fucking well. Yeah. Like right. like how they shoot it, how they do the dialogue, all of it was done like really well. It wasn't campy. Nope. And that's what I was concerned about. Now, in a character like this, because this character does sometimes have some great fun and levity and they're keeping it kind of serious as of right now, mm-hmm. that stuff can be really fun. It is in the comics. Yeah. And they, like I said, they kept it straight and narrow on this one as well too. Uh, but you've mentioned as well too. I think you're going to get into that a little bit as how it kind of mixes in different genres in a way. Yes. Um. But I really like the authenticity of this. They're taking the Egyptian stuff very seriously. They yes. brought in some yeah, of the right talk people. About that for a yep. Um. The, uh, I can't think of his name offhand. Um, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Yep. One of the uh, the director who's doing four of the six episodes of this, I believe. Um. He's a he's of Egyptian descent, and he he you know he's criticized. Certain other mediums that haven't really done a good job of like kind of showcasing that in a way, like you know, making sure that you're getting the culture involved, and he did that, and like you can see it clearly when you're in the museum and certain things that they're doing in some of the um, uh, uh other... Muhammad Diab, yes, and 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 I gotta tell you, like already you can tell, and that's a big deal. Um, I know as far as some of the little nuances that they've changed with either kind of Ethan Hawke's character, um, with some of the little things about even. Uh, Moon Knight as well too. Um, they've changed little stuff, but it doesn't. This is where you got to be careful when you're dealing with changing stuff into other mediums, where you got to worry about how much you're um, affecting the integrity and the core of of like either the person or the product, or whatever it is. This is where you got to be careful with. Um, that we see th- that can go bad because you can alienate your core fan yeah, base. You yep. but you got to still bring in everybody else as well too. So far, like the little things they have done, I don't think affects any of that, and and that's good. I mean, first episode, I haven't was, noticed anything jarring, standing right. Like, that's every so everything so far has been just just just. Uh, it's been a fun ride. I felt like the forty six and a half minutes went by super incredibly fast, yep. and I'm already can can already tell that I feel like that man. These 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 series that come out in only six episodes, it sucks. Yes, but I gotta ha- but I gotta remember. These are just basically big movies. So you got to look at it from a different scope. It's better to have six than zero, right? So yeah, I'm going to take what I can get. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying this so far. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, Akanshu uh, 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 looks really awesome. Crash to here. He looks really, really awesome. A thing I always thought was interesting about Moon Knight is that nobody knows if the Akaneshu, I think I say that right, Akaneshu origin stuff is even real. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean Stargate wasn't this historically well, no, you're right. <laughs> I do love that's one of my favorite sci-fi movies though. Um Yes, um at the end of the day, I think they've done a great job with this. It's what I would expect out of Marvel. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Production values up there, they there. it's it, there's a great diversity. There's a lot of good things that they're already doing with this series as well too. And kudos once again to Oscar Isaac because he really he's doing what I would hope he would do and yeah. just just uh, full full pedal to the metal kind of thing and uh, Ethan Hawke already, I get the I get this like culty, almost yes. Jesus vibe yeah, in a weird yeah. way. And uh, I read an article that said that he took inspiration from, uh, dictators. Uh, he mentioned Fidel Castro, but also said, and I find this very fun and interesting. And this kind of gives you to that pipe how he can draw people in. Uh, he said he was thinking of like, what if Steve jobs was evil? <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yes. And I see it. Yo, absolutely. dude. Like I, I, Holy shit. he's cause he said, he's, you know, cause he's, <laughs> I mean, he's got followers. He's selling. A th- he's selling a- an idea. A yeah, 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 yeah an you know idea. what I mean. So, um, in a way, so yeah, pretty brilliant. And um, you know, gosh, I, again, just like again, I, every Wednesday now, I'm gonna be ready and waiting and hooked. So, yeah, uh, you know, just to kind of piggyback with uh, what you said, Oscar Isaac. Again, we get
0: to see uh, an absurd amount of range, um, especially towards the end of the episode when kind of the personalities start to conflict a little bit. Um, that part is really strong. Ethan Hawk is suitably creepy, but I hope he is given a little bit more. Uh, going forward, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the main antagonist or if he's just kind of like a vessel to the main antagonist right. or, or something like that. I do hope he's given to because I think Ethan Hawke is a fucking amazing. Yeah, actor. he's got a good. Cannot way. wait he's... for Black Phone in June. Yes. If you guys have not seen the trailer for Black Phone, watch that shit. Ethan Hawke off the fucking off the rocker with that one. Um. There are some action sequences in this game. I really, or in this game, in this show, I love the second one uh, that takes place in a museum. I think it's really, really well done. Uh, very creepy. There's some yeah. good horror elements to it. There is one earlier in the show. I feel like again, with the same issue with um, Boba Fett, some of the special effects aren't where I want. them. Mando shows me. up, takes over. Right, 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 no, yeah, no. Some of the special effects aren't quite where I want them to be, and it kind of pulls me out of the experience though what should be a very exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. sequence it's a little hokey mm-hmm. but it, it, it's 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 over quick enough to where it doesn't drag it down It doesn't make it like you know you're not just constantly because again it ends on a high note with the sequence that plays out in the museum so uh some strong mouth this is a good opening act i'm really really happy with this Toll mentioned there are six episodes and show enough the final episode is two days before dr strange the multiverse of madness comes out May 4th is when the final episode of Moon Knight drops, and two days later, well, the next day, because we'll see the Thursday one, is when uh, Doctor Strange comes out. What day is that? May
1: 5th. There is rumor. Yes. Crash uh, put this at there. Uh, well, there, there oh. is. I was going to say, there is rumor of at least one potential cameo in this Ooh. series. Um, it's an interesting one that they went with, but I don't, you know, again, we don't, who knows really for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see what happens. The car but, chase scene was a CGI was shoddy. That's fair. Oh, that was pretty neat, though. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, the, the, I mean, the the reason it, it, it worked is because how they utilized them kind of losing time with his, wow. his condition and what he deals with. So they kind of made up for it. But, yeah, there were a couple scenes I was like, eh, okay, come right. on, Disney. You can ramp it up a little bit or, or do something different so it doesn't look so shoddy. But right. overall, really, really strong episode. Really excited to see uh, where we go next week. So next Wednesday... Make sure you check out the episode sometime in the morning or afternoon or after work, because we're going to talk about episode two, spoiler-free, but maybe a little bit more about how it connects to uh, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Without spoiling stuff. Okay. All right. So, we have one more topic, and this is the topic that many of you have been waiting for, because this guy. What topic is it? We're going to, we talked about last week, and I know you were a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. But here we are. We're moving on. You. Yeah. You
1: didn't watch Halo. Told you I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> Told everybody I was going to watch this. I said, nope. <laughs> no, nope, I didn't watch it.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Right. What? Dude, I wanted I wanted to talk about it. I'll talk about it. I ain't talking about it.
0: Guys,
2: we're going to take a quick uh, tinkle break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Here we are.
0: No, I'm just joking. This was all a bit. No, it's all a bit. He watched it. We just had to really go pee. (laughs)
1: begrudgingly <laughs> he, like two days ago he watched finally. it
0: begrudgingly uh but that was a bit um no we want to talk about halo the series the premiere dropped last weekend i i do <laughs> xander I, I i tried to sell it i used to I, I was in one play at svsu and i was in the theater team at, and you played and a so rock I, I did not i played a horse trainer i'm sure i did i did i, I try i try to sell shit you know But, uh, all right, let's talk about Halo, the series premiere. Now, I know last week when we talked about we were going to watch it, Tone was very apprehensive. He did not want to watch it due to the comments by the showrunner saying that we didn't fucking really consult 343. We don't know anything about the game. But other people did consult with 343. We watched the show, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get into my part first before I I turn it over to Tone. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I watched this show. um. I can't wait, I'm, a, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with episode two. I was actually really quite. I don't want to say super happy about, it, but I was engaged. Um, I think it's really interesting it, how they kind of explore uh, Master Chief as kind of just this killing machine, this weapon for the UNSC. Like it, there's multiple times that he, you know, he's a, the, the Spartans are addressed as demons by the uh, the colonies that they're trying to help specifically. Free. yeah. One One Seven is a demon. And it's really interesting how they um, convey that, how they talk about, You know, and th- there's multiple moments that kind of like reinforce that. Like, oh yeah, he's kind of just a fucking monster. And I thought that was really interesting because I don't know that side of Chief. You know, I don't, I, I don't even know if that's a side of Chief, but I think it's a really interesting point because when you're playing the game in the first one, you really are just kind of a killing machine. You're going around killing everything. And I, I think it's interesting that they explore it from that perspective. It kind of allows, I think it's what leads to make, a point that Tone does not uh, is not a fan of, and a lot of fans of the game are not fans of. But um, there's a point in the show where Master Chief removes his helmet. But I and and I know that's very critical. There's there's a lot of folks that aren't happy with that. I feel like it's a part of humanizing Chief as a character uh, because he is portrayed as a, a fucking killing machine. It's not only an, an important part of the plot with the relationship with the character, but it also again it humanizes him and it, and allows him to, you know. You know, kind of just like become somebody that you can root for. You realize he's not just a fucking demon. He's not just out there executing people, even though that's what he, was done, he has done in the past. Um, so I feel like that's a really interesting por- point for them to explore. The thing about this show, and, and it's crazy, though. It's crazy. The first 20 minutes is supposed to be like this grandiose like action sequence to set the tone for the Halo series. And all I could think, all I could think watching that for 20 minutes was like, this is fucking Starship Troopers. This is a Paul Verhoeven joint. You have the over-the-top violence and gore. There is some gore in the show. Surprisingly, surprising. I was not expecting some of the shit that I was saying. I was like, oh, wow, there's people getting really fucked up in gruesome ways. And it was really kind of hokey. You know, it, it looks kind of like uh, like you would start from Starship Troopers. Because Starship Troopers, that scene it was just very... Just kind of hokey and violent, but you know, it was entertaining. Okay, I thought it was entertaining, but it was really hokey. And then when they brought out the, um, the, the not the Covenant, who are the people at the top? Prophets. Right. We have a scene with a prophet and this human character, and immediately I was like, okay, we've gone from Starship Troopers to fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, this is
2: really hokey.
0: Like, the CGI for some of these creatures, you're just like, okay, this is really kind of hokey but then they get away from that and they get back to the more of the master chief storyline and what's going on with the UNSC and with, with with Halsey. And I think that's where I was like, okay, now I'm back into the storytelling portion of it. Not so much relying on the action, which is really kind of like, I don't want to say cheap, but I feel like I talked about this last week. I really, really think had they gone with a more district nine way of shooting their action and the grittiness
1: it you know, irony of you bringing that up, by the way. District I think it would
0: have been really fucking cool to shoot this like district nine or even Elysium with that gritty grounded, but sci-fi feel. I think that would have, I think that would have done incredibly well in a halo universe. Instead we go this route and I just don't feel like it's nearly as thrilling as I was like, I was laughing more and just kind of smirking. Oh, this is just absurd. When I feel like for the story they're trying to tell early on, anyways, a more grittier approach would have been appreciated. Uh, the Prophet was a practical puppet with CGI enhancements, and Mercy looked perfect if you are a fan of the games. And, and I get it. And, and look, Zach, I, I, I am not, I, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of the games. I'm just not well versed in them. But taking it at face value, I just thought it looked really kind of chintzy. That's all. I, and, and at the end of the day, I still enjoyed the episode. I'm really curious to see where they go with this. I just felt like the budget or lack thereof really affected some of the more pertinent, more important scenes for an action sci-fi to kind of like justify the, you know, the, the hype for it. So I I get it. Like it is what it is, but the story of it itself, the narrative that they're telling I'm on board with, and I'm really curious to see what they go with episode two. Now tone is over here. Uh, very, um, he looks like a, a volcano. It's like slowly smoking, Tone, I want to get your thoughts as a fan of Halo. You've played all the games, you're actually familiar with some of the lore in the books and what have you? Your thoughts on episode 1 of Halo.
1: I think some of the commercials in Halo 5 had better CG moments in this fucking movie or this fucking show so far. Ooh. Um I think practical effects effects would have helped a lot. You know the the irony of saying District 9, though, right? What? Of you bringing that up? Mm -mm. Because Peter Jackson was supposed to be involved in an original Halo project years ago, and some of the props they use in uh, District 9 were actually, if you look at them closely, are like battle rifles from Halo. So that was really ironic Uh... Ironic that he brought that up. Um, No. Uh, This was... um, Like, I thought it was going to be soulless Halo. I mean, it it looks like Halo, um, but it's not Halo. Like... I'm sorry. I I do love the first-person modes they go into. I love the sounds, that atten- yeah, the, the bits, shield. the attention, the details. So apparently, yes. the two people that talked to the creative team at 343i <laughs> was able to get the showrunner to buy into that at least. But um, no, the 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 elites looked goofy. Like they they've been juicing steroids. They were the CG was half baked in my opinion. I get the Star Troopers thing. I think it looked like the action was in. Like when you're watching a YouTube video times 1.5 or something like that, like it just <laughs> it didn't move right, and maybe it was because of the CGI. But again, I guess we could look at Halo Five's uh, cutscenes because those are pretty dope. Um, I you know listen, like I you're not a lot of you out there are gonna agree with me, and if you like it, and you're enjoying it perfectly fine. You like soulless Halo? That's perfectly fine. People have said that Chief has been soulless throughout all the games because he's just a silent protagonist and talks more. Yeah. You know that's kind of is what it is. So is Samus Aran up until the you know the the third installment of the Prime trilogy. So it sometimes just works. That's kind of how it is. But like, um, you know, like, well, I'm sorry, Captain Complacency. Some of us have some integrity. I don't know what to tell you. And
0: I'm just gonna say this one thing. Zach said Halo isn't necessarily a gritty game, but at the same time, Halo doesn't have a whole lot of dismemberments and ultra violence. So to have that type of action with this chintzy starship troopers uh, vibe. Doesn't really, I don't think it, I don't really think it fits if they were going to go ultra violent and stuff like that. I think going with the grittier approach would have made more sense. and would have been a little bit more compelling. Look, this is halo. Okay. Halo is a, is a high octane shooter. That's really exciting. And for them to kind of like botch this, the action elements of it, in my opinion, anyways, Uh, I feel like they could have gone with just a much more grittier look if they're trying to go with this like grittier like violence, because that's what it was. It was gritty violence.
1: They've moved around some of the timeline, too, as well. And I know it's going to be a separate entity than from the games, which kind of works. It's just kind of weird that Reach is still around and things like that in that nature, because that was a big starting point for the entire series, really, is that Reach got glassed over. You know, the, they they clearly UNSC knows about the Covenant now as well, too. If we have some random human female running the Covenant or whatever they're doing. Like, I know that humans defected to the Covenant, but it just felt, like, out of place from the... Like, if they use some practical effects with the CGI Prophet, then <laughs> that's uh news to me because the CGI still needs some work then because I think this would have, so far, would have done much better if it had some more practical effects in it. I think that's part of my problem is that like I said, the CGI elites were were it was pretty bad in some right. spots and it just didn't move right. <laughs> they just didn't look, you know, realistic enough, which I know is ironic because it's based in a fantasy world. But I just at the end of the day, like. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be at this point, point. and I can I'll say it again, it's it's it feels soulless like we see the shell of everything. And honestly, it's not I don't even think it's fully Pablo's fault. Pablo might not sound like Master Chief. I thought he did a well enough job, honestly. Like, yeah. I don't I don't really take any issue with that. And um, the acting seems really forced at times as well, too. Like, the dialogue is weird. The direction they go with Halsey and how she's, like, challenging certain things is really, like, not out of place for that character. But just doesn't make sense from storytelling. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and, and I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free as I can. Um, And it's probably going to ruin it a little bit for you, but um, you might not care either. You probably shouldn't. But the fact that in the first fucking episode, the reason that Halo Halo 4 split the, the fan base, Halo 5 did it again, because in Halo 5, they made essentially Master Chief go AWOL and was kind of like the villain or whatever. In the first fucking episode of this series, you want everybody to buy into this, and all of a sudden you turn him against the UNSC, or the UNC UNSC turns against him. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Who wrote off on that? It's oh, drama, it's, dude. It's prob- drama. Exactly, it's drama, and that's the fucking problem. We don't. Some, sometimes we don't need all the drama in some of this shit. And clearly, the showrunner didn't play the game because here we are. You know, they he would have known that Halo Five split the people on it. So. Uh really need to add it in there. Now, I get why there was a spot, like, you know, and everybody's talking about it, so I'm just going to say it. He takes the helmet off. Sure. To my knowledge, he never took the helmet off in the games until Halo 4 at the end, and you didn't even really get to see his face at all. Xander said
0: he took it off in the, at the end of the first
1: one. I don't know if that's accurate. If somebody wants to double-check that, I, to my knowledge, I don't think he did. Because in Halo 4, because it was a big deal, he actually had the... He got in the machine and was taking the, the helmet off. Mm-hmm. Um, And you still didn't get to see him. And I was pretty surprised that... Not only did they just fucking do it in this, but he had the fucking thing off for like the last 15 to 20 minutes of the show. Sure. Like, what the fuck Zach? Come on. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously, you're a Lions fan. I'm not gonna take any opinion of yours too solid and substantially. Hey. I'm just giving a hard time. Um (laughs) Lions fans. Well, well, yeah. you guys are all live in a fucking fantasy world. Which we believe, man. We believe. Um, you don't, so you don't have to play the games to know the story. That that is such a weird hill, hill to stand on. I I don't agree with that. Like this wouldn't happen if the game didn't exist. We wouldn't even be watching this. So <laughs> that's not a weird hill. It's on the original hill. But the fact that again we see him with that mask off for so long and that helmet off. Listen, like, that's part of the piece of this character. And that's a whole big thing of it. Like, they just take the helmet off of Master Chief. Like, if they're going to do it, that's not... I mean, I Mm -hmm. I, I might get that. I can understand that. But why in the hell would they do that in the first episode at the same time that they also turned the UNSC against him? Like, two big things that I feel like have never really happened that early into a story of Master Chief Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and you're going to jam that down our throat and get us to buy into that right away. Mm-hmm. Like core, I'm talking about core fans that actually care about the game, by the way, Zach core fans, <laughs> jeez, core fans. Like, why would you do that? We've seen the, the fallout from the original. And I know we all enjoy it, but the original judge dread, mm-hmm. you know, the fall of that people that were like, why the, he, Sylvester Stallone, okay, we get it, but Sly, man. He, didn't, he didn't wear his helmet the entire time. And That's then true. we come full circle, Carl Urban comes out and does it properly and leaves the helmet on, and it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And it's still Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. And then we got Mando. Who yeah, Pe- it really Pedro, depends
0: on who's under the helmet. Too. Pedro I mean, Pascal, right. It's, it, dude, acting while wearing a helmet is, is really difficult because it's all about your tone and it's all about how your mannerisms, and there's a lot more to it than just standing there and speaking your lines. Um, but again, I, I didn't have an issue and I know and I, and I respect the perspective of the fans of the series who were disappointed about the helmet coming off. Um, but like the you know, I felt it was important
1: for that particular moment. Yeah, I do. I, I I get that. Yeah. But like he couldn't just take it off show and say, hey, have a conversation for a couple minutes, but oh yeah, by the way, they're shooting guns at us and things are going on. Back let me put Chief it back it on and be right. Master Chief again, because that's what you should be. Like it it's it's a pretty big piece to that character that clearly somebody who probably didn't play the games or talk to 343 Industries would just all of a sudden take off nilly-willy. So <laughs> I'm not shocked by that at all. Xander so. says,
0: worst part of Spaceballs 2 was when Lord Helmet took it off. <laughs> no, man, anytime you see Rick Moranis, that's a fucking win, dude.
1: Let's see Rick Moranis. Unless he's getting mugged in New York. Oh, that video but, sucked. That was uh harsh. No, at, at the end of the day, li- listen, like I said, I know Zach's going to be the only one out here that's going to enjoy it and just... Uh, eat I'm, as, not, uh, I'm not not enjoying I know, it. The last I know, I, you, I know, I know. But not, hey, not you, you know what? You know, you just you you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm not uh, I'm I'm not gonna um just bend the knee and be complacent like everybody else. I, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm I am g- I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna critique this uh because it is one of my all time favorite game series, a game I put a lot of time into, and a story that I've also invested, invested a lot of time to So I don't think there's anything wrong. With actually, you know, uh, having some, you know, care about that product and seeing it properly sent off like this, um, I again, I just feel like it. So far, it feels like it, if you take Master Chief out of this, mm-hmm. you could have just put anybody in there and just be another.
0: half Yeah, I, like, I like what Xander said. You know, he goes, but I wish it would have followed the game more. And like, I understand that from a from a fan's perspective, if somebody's a fan of the game, but at the same time, like, you know, we, we've established Eight already. At Whimsical Surprise, there we go. At Whimsical Surprise, they were with us over at the uh, Midland Mall Comic Yeah, Midland Mall
1: Comic Con. If you guys get a chance, give them a call. Retro retro gaming. Yeah, heck yeah. A lot of retro stuff. Get some over there.
0: Good stuff over there. Uh, But, you know, know, uh, Xander says, we should follow the game more. The thing that I like about this is because we do know that this is going to be... There's so much to mine from the lore of Halo that I like the fact that they're kind of like forging their own path using that lore to create something different yeah this isn't canon and whatnot Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're using all that lore to kind of tell something that i don't know like what story can you really tell in the first Halo, just running through the same area i thought the same quarters yeah the same quarters halo combat evolved at the time was amazing we go back and play it again you're just like oh this is so fucking lame it's it's hard play i'm sure the story gets stronger in halo 2 3 and going Mm. forward but at the same time everyone knows those stories you know what i'm saying everyone knows those stories so like You have all this lore. You have all this stuff with the books and what have you. After the fact, let's branch out a little bit. Let's explore it a little bit from a different perspective. I was still chief, and we're still following chief, but let's see what else is out there. And I think that's what allows them to like, kind of like build upon and make mm. halo more than just what it is in the games i think that part of it's, it's cool it's
1: weird to me that they've chosen to not stick more to certain parts of the story and move around like listen don't maybe overall affect the show story necessarily mm-hmm. but like keeping reach still around knowing about the covenant and things like that like there are elements of this that might, parts of it they could have kept there, there are parts of it that they should have kept a little bit more closer to the chest i feel like on that and Um, um, But at the same time, I can kind of see how that would work in a different medium. So, like, things like that, like, I actually kind of, like, get that. And some of that I kind of, like, will say that didn't really overall effectively bother me. But, like, I feel like details, there were some good details in there, but I also feel like at the same time, like, some really big details that, like, whether you want to agree or like it or not about the helmet or anything like that, and whether you think it's silly or whether whatever it is, that realistically does, is not only originally was just kind of part of the shtick of the character, but mm-hmm. then evolved into that character. So sure. so after so long, that guess what? That's just part of it. And you know, again, like y- you see other other characters and other media that does their characters and keeps the helmet on. It's not about like what is it so? Wh- why do we have to see his face? What's so fascinating by having to see his face? Like, I don't think it's it almost I don't think leaves, it's the fact
0: that it's fascinating
1: to see. I think it, again, it's more plot-driven stuff. Well, like no, no, that like, that piece, I'm yeah. saying, but like, we're, but we also take away from some of that imagination and, sure, and excitement sure. of that as well too. Like, it, it's it's almost like you're kind of ruining that character's like where they've come from. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, I again, I don't, I'm not overly excited to continue to watch this. I'll continue to watch it. It. Like I said, I definitely probably picked this apart more than other things as well, too. Um, that's because I don't become complacent when it comes to my media <laughs> intake. But I, I do think that uh, people are probably going to enjoy it and it'll probably do well enough to continue. Well, they've already renewed it for a season. I already got a second season. season a couple things two, I want to point out well really too. quick.
0: Um, one thing Xander says, do you think it's
1: like what the Star Wars creators
0: did as far as ignoring the books and making something new?
1: Uh, that's a whole other thing. And <laughs> I'm sure Zach Dynamite will give you an answer to that. So,
0: uh, Zach said, we also have only seen one episode,
1: so we can't really see how much the old story
0: will be here. I Correct. mean, it sounds like it, it. it uh regardless of what the showrunner said it sounds like they aren't this isn't following any of the story like this is right a whole new path that they're using off the lore so i would i mean based on what he's saying about reach being there and whatnot i'm I'm assuming this is not going to follow the old story at all they've established that this is going to be something new based on the lore so i'm not i don't myself include i've only played halo one uh five and and infinite so i don't really know what fucking lore to follow or, or the story i'm just going based off what they've given me and so far i i've enjoyed what i've had i do have my criticisms of it but uh i i you know i i like what they're doing and i'm curious to see how they use that lore to forge the story forward and create their own kind of like timeline
1: yeah it's it's i yeah i don't i don't expect anything weird like reach getting glassed over i could be wrong maybe at the end of that as well too but you know, um, I just again, I, I feel like you could have done Combat Evolved differently instead of two hallways you're walking down and still told that same story and it would still be good. Listen, if you've never seen Forward on to Dawn, um, the 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 Halo movie that took place before, uh, Halo Four, there are plenty of things that Chief could have and would have been doing between games or this that and the other, uh, for some of them as well too in different adventures or whatever even pre combat evolved in some way. So I still again find it quizzical that if they're gonna do a different tale, they wouldn't have it interwoven better with the games since that's guess what? 90% of the people that are coming to watch this from are coming from that they want to see some of that story left intact as well too with a hand on that. So uh Zach says it's like
0: Calvin Universe and Star Trek. I like the concept of the same characters who are in the same in the spirit, but then new they get a new story told about them. And that's and that's where I'm at again and and this is why I think it's really interesting to get these perspectives because as somebody who is a, a fucking longtime Halo guy and he understands the story that's been told and so there's certain things that he appreciates about the character or the storyline or the UNSC or anything, he has an understanding of what makes Halo so special and because it's a fucking game. It's based on the game that has been so popular. I don't have a lot of that stuff. I'm not that well versed in it, so I'm just kind of like going in for like, hey, I'm in for the ride from the get-go and see what they do. Is it going to be more I uh, hope I just hope it got I guess my only expectation is I hope the story is more engaging and more interesting than Halo Combat Evolved. And if they do that, I'm going to be cool with it. Now, Halo we'll 5, obviously it wasn't a big focus on Master Chief, so I didn't get a whole lot of Master Chief story there. Halo Infinite I thought was um the, some of the sequences were fun when it was more linear but overall the story again didn't really like blow me away so mm-hmm. i'm look i'm still looking for like that quintessential fucking halo storyline that has really engaging, really, like, and entertaining and just enjoyable to get through. I haven't gotten that yet. No, I understand, like, ODST is supposed to be really, really good. Really Reach good is supposed to be really good. And at yeah. some point, I'll play those games. But I think, you know, it's important to look at it from all perspectives, from the diehard fans, from the kinds of, from the folks like myself who aren't too familiar with the story.
1: I will say, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm ready to be done talking of this very honestly, <laughs> but um I was mostly fine watching through it besides, like, the critiques of the CGI and this and the others, and some of their, the, the direction they went with a couple of little things. Yeah. And like I said, the elite, I thought the elites looked stupid. Um, <laughs> it was really until that last piece. When you get to the end of the first episode, first episode, and all of a sudden he's an enemy of the state and he's taking his, uh, uh, helmet off, ready to have tea with everybody.
2: <laughs> that's, that's
1: not, that's not like, listen, there is a point where you have to admit the word integrity exists and character integrity is also important because this is a character still that comes from a character that has a lot of characteristics that make that character that character. When we take those away, it's not that character anymore. And, then and by
0: doing that, you're alienating the fan base. Correct.
1: And, and, it, and, it's, and there's no familiarity with that product to me anymore. And I don't. And I. And I don't. I don't think that's unfair to have that expectation. No, no, not at
0: all. And and that's why I feel like this is going to be like a polarizing like series. And obviously, you know, the the people at, at Paramount, I think it's good enough to where they've already renewed a second season. And who knows? Maybe as the story goes on, maybe it becomes compelling. Maybe they do take something from that lore and spin it and make better it better put even that more, helmet on, second more intriguing than what we've gotten from the Halo games. I mean, there's always that possibility, and that's <laughs> what I'm kind of hoping for. Like. Again, I have never gotten. I've never sat down be like, man, I can't wait to play the next Halo game for the story because I don't have that experience. So, and maybe, maybe after I watch the series, and I go back and play all the Halo, Halo games. I'm like, man, they really fucked this up. Maybe my perspective will change. But from an entertainment perspective, I'm digging this, dude. Oh, uh, I, I do. I heard something about the teaser being out there. I didn't get a chance to watch it. But Zach says, don't watch the teaser for episode two.
1: I'm just saying, like, if it, if at the beginning of the show is already doing, to me, pretty big cardinal sins against the character that not just me, but an entire fan base got pissed about during Halo five. That's not a good start. And that, again, that, that <laughs> clearly shows that the showrunner may not be familiar with the video games that this series based off of. So we will
0: continue to watch it. We will continue to discuss it. I think there is a good conversation to be had there. Like I said, I uh, I understand all perspectives. I understand why fans of the series uh, are are hesitant or maybe they have issues with what's already happened. So uh, I'm really curious to see where this is going from a, tr- a story perspective, from the narrative pers- perspective, from somebody who isn't so fucking well-versed on Master Chief, his origins, or who what he represents. I like what they did, making him being like this killing machine that somehow touching an artifact changes his perspective and you now he becomes the master chief that we supposedly all know and love i think it's interesting to explore that i'll be curious to see where it goes going forward but what i do know is there is a lot of polarizing uh perspectives out there a lot of co- different opinions of it and i think that's fucking cool man i like hearing from your perspective i like hearing from zach's perspective i like hearing from everyone xander sounds like he's a longtime hail guy it sounds like a lot of these folks all had their different perspectives, and I like hearing about that. And I
1: think that's a good conversation to have, dude. Mm-hmm. So, well, when you start, like I said, again, uh, oh, Blanco just watch um, the teaser. <laughs> uh, critiques about the Widger series for the books. I mean, the games are different from the books as well, too. But when the difference is there is that they managed to at least keep core characters for the most part, especially Geralt I- intact, like you're going to tweak things, it's going to adapt it, it's going to happen in these sort of mediums. But when you move so far, again, I always go back to Walking Dead and what Robert Kirkman bastardized the TV series from his comics that were so well-written um, is that you add a zero at the end of the check and none of that shit matters. And the integrity, guess what, gets erased as well, too.
0: Oh, man, that's why I'm excited to talk about it, man. That's why I'm excited about this series because it is going to generate some really good conversation. And seriously, thank you. For everyone coming in here and sharing your thoughts and sharing your opinions on stuff, Zach Dynamite, Xander, El Blanco, all these guys are, Jay McKenzie, they're, they're sharing their thoughts, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about doing this show, man, is just getting all these different perspectives, and for you guys and girls to show up and hang out and talk about the fucking stuff that you love, whether it's movies, TV shows, VR gaming, everything,
1: this is this is fun man this is why I love doing what we do right, I love right. these conversations dude it's fucking great Yeah and I, at the end of the day listen like we're all going to have opinions and that's fine we can agree to disagree you just got to understand you're going to be wrong a lot of the time if I'm right so Make sure you get in that discourse so you that. get in the furnace cuz it's going to get hot in there it's going to get hot Yes, and then um, as always, so as we wind down here, we want to just you know, like he's thanking everybody for taking, you know, being able to be here for this conversation. As always for every show, but you know, don't forget if you enjoyed what you've seen tonight, if it's your first time here, don't forget to give us a follow here on YouTube uh, or excuse me on Twitch, YouTube and Facebook. Yep. Uh, come hang out with us more often. Hit those uh, subscribe buttons. Get that bell. Make sure you know when we do go live or do add new content as well too. We appreciate. All of the support you always give week in, week out. Share us with somebody you know. If you enjoyed us or you enjoy us, make sure you tell somebody about us. Just kind of keep that word of mouth going as well. Too. If you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever it might be, leave us a review, give us a five star. If you don't think we deserve it, don't yeah, don't give us a fake five Just star. Just don't give us that fake five star. Let us know. That's Let the thing. Us like know. I will sit there. If you
0: love the show, if you dig what we do and you love being yes. a part of it. I will encourage you, implore you to go on there and hit that thumbs up on YouTube. Even if you're watching live on Twitch and you have a YouTube account, go over to Banter and Babble. Give this video a thumbs up if you enjoy the show. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, if you dig the show, give us that five-star review. But I don't want any fake ones. I want to fucking earn that shit. So if you have thoughts, if you had feedback or anything like that, let us know Mm -hmm. so we can sit there and take that and figure out ways. How can we make this shit better so we can earn that thumbs up and earn that five stars? Holla,
1: holla, holla. And as always, too, don't forget, we do have a Patreon set up as well, too. If you want to donate to us and get back uh, all that uh, goodness into either beer money or back into the stream itself, but typically back into the stream or my beer money. Uh, we also have tips available as well too. And we're talking about evolving that Patreon soon. So uh, just kind of be on the more lookout benefits for that. Some more stuff for you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. So still,
0: we're, hey man, we're still trying to learn this as we go yep. again. At the end of the day, you just being here, is absolutely is incredible uh and if there's other ways you want to support the show it'll all go towards the show production value mm-hmm. uh giveaways and of course
1: drinking money for the for the big guy over yes here. yes and uh be staying tuned for hopefully some announcements over the next few yes. weeks as well too we do got some things in the pipeline too to announce so we're really excited about but as always we appreciate you guys so much uh zach i appreciate you for being the um tail end of my slaps whether it's uh here or on the interwebs appreciate you man and even though we might not agree uh we can at least still have a good time with it so um to that thank you every much everybody very much for my drunk ass not being able to get my words out
0: Yes, thank you, guys and girls, so much. We'll be live next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, with another episode of Banter and Babel. We're going to be talking about Morbius. We're going to see that tomorrow night. I heard it's really good. <laughs> I'm
1: scared. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's involved, so
0: yeah. and we'll also be checking out the contractor with Chris uh, Chris Pine um, and uh, Kiefer Sutherland, a really yeah, good cast. Yeah, we're so really excited be about that Available this flip. weekend as well. Watch out for that. Checking out that more Moon Knight, more Halo. And, and whatever more. the fuck, and, and hey, we're still waiting on that big Sony announcement from insiders. Whether or not that shows up, we have no idea. Oh, you
1: got to buy a MetaQuest and play some Elysia this weekend. That's yeah, the we'll big talk a little too. bit
0: Elysia as well. So, for fanboy tone, I'm the dude seventy nine. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We will see you next Wednesday nine p.m. right here on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. <laughs>